What's up, everything? It's the 99th episode of our podcast, so we'll celebrate the great one by running the Edmonton Oilers into the ground. Also, we'll take a look back at two losses and two wins from the last week, and we'll set the stage for the spooky week ahead. The Blues are on a roll, and we've got a lot to cover, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Friday, October 25th, and we are coming to you from the not haunted at all location of the Kevova Steak and Shake, the abandoned Kevova Steak and Shake mm-hmm. at 13849 Manchester Road. Check it out. They're all empty. <laughs> we can get you milkshakes, but they're probably rotten. Ian. <laughs> We're here, the lights are off, no one gave us permission to record Mm -hmm. here, and the Manchester police are very observant. We will probably be gone in half an hour or less. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. There's no more steak here, but I sure am shaking (laughs) from how spooky it is. I tell you what, folks, you've been into an operational steak and shake, pretty scary, (laughs) but but when when no one's here, woo. It gets worse. I saw them removing the uh, tarp from, like, you know, the black and white, the like the the, the awning, I guess. Oh, okay. Word, uh, from the one nearest me, which is nowhere close to the Cave Bova Stink mm-hmm. and Shake, not even in any sort of the same vicinity. That and whole that whole area of the that other Stink and Shake you referred to is, is dying. Dying, yeah. We should have come from there. Hemorrhaging, but oh, not because of its proximity to us. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> but, um, we, uh, I saw them taking down the awning, and I was like, oh, it's actually over. The dream is dead. Oh, God. Like, oh, wait, were they taking down... Have they taken down the sign that says that... It's for sale. I don't know if they've done that. No. There's an opportunity, folks, did for you to sev- buy a franchise. I did have several high school friends travel long distances to work their first job at that steak and shake. Mm-hmm. So, v- very far distances, though. They had to take several buses, you know, and get off in between. Mm, an Amtrak. It was like nine hours away. But they did it. It was a little weird, but they did it. So, here we are. Kvova's still looming above us, no doubt, with her... 1980s haircut and her she sells properties <laughs> her predatory sales <laughs> she sells properties at any cost and speaking of any cost why don't we talk about the nico Escher signing <laughs> to kick us off uh speaking of signing someone at any cost the former 2017 first overall pick who can legally drink on January 4th, although in his hometown of Switzerland, he either has been allowed to forever or never will be allowed to. You're allowed to drink here Um. forever. (laughs) Nico, he sure signed a seven-year, $50.75 million extension with the New Jersey Devils, giving him a $7.25 million AAV. He got his 100th point uh, earlier in the season this year. He has 10.6 point shares in his career. 
Ian, your thoughts on this signing for Nolan? For Nolan, I almost did it. I almost did the thing. Nico, he sure. Oh, man. Nolan Patrick is an afterthought, which is a point I'm about to make. Oh, okay. I, was gonna, I won't ask you if that's true. We'll, we'll see if that's true. It probably is true. Um, Nico, he sure had 47 points last year by only playing 69 games. Looks like he probably would run another 50, you know, another 50 point season, another 50 point season. He's only had two seasons, including mm-hmm. this one. Or not including this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a steal of a deal because I would almost guarantee he becomes a regular 60-point player. And as as we have to say, I feel like we don't even have to say it anymore. Just add it yourself, folks. With the cap going up, <laughs> that means this is going to be a great deal in four or five years. Yeah, you know it. You know it. You love it. The uh, cap's going up. The cap's <laughs> going up. The old standard. 7.5. Brought to you by the mamas and the papas. This one is the cap's <laughs> going, going up. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got it. We got it. It's in the works. Um, yeah, but I mean, what? He's going to be a 60-point player at minimum, at minimum I would yeah, think. Yeah, minimum. And what is it, 7.5 million mm-hmm. a year? 725. 725. Cap's going up, too. So that's 250. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned, but <laughs> Cap's going up. Yeah, I mean, this is another young guy for the Devils that you want to build around. He is much more of a. I don't know. I guess he's much more of an assist maker than he is a goal scorer, at least right now. I thought he was. I thought he was supposed to be a goal scorer. Maybe he will get to that at some point. But I mean, if you're the New Jersey Devils, you just need any sort of offensive output. So mm-hmm. assists, assists be damned. You will need them, you want them. Um, him, Jack Hughes. How... Assists do mean that someone scored Yeah, goal, someone scored, so... but I mean, they don't count as much as someone scoring goals. You know, you got to pay extra for that. Um, is Gusev, how old is Gusev? Nikita Gusev, I think he's one of them olds. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's a geriatric. Uh, 27. Yeah. Okay. I mean, young-ish. Younger than us. But, but you'd hope that's kind of your core moving forward and forwards. Yeah. Hughes, Heesher, Gusev. They've got you some other young guys. Hall, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, bold prediction here. Taylor Hall is not no, signing with nope, the New Jersey Devils. Not a chance. Not a prayer. So, but what? with that being said, you have the money then to be signing Nico Heesher and these guys to this this amount. Which, again, like we said, a steal of a deal. Cap going up. Yeah. Cap, uh, I mean, just in case anyone didn't hear the cap. Uh, will go up. It's going a direction, the and direction. it's not down. Yeah, that's right, that's right. The cap is going the opposite direction of down. So I, I like this deal. He is better, I guess, than I thought he was going to be. I thought Nico Heischer was going to turn into a real blah player. So you remember how... You know who Nico Heischer is at worst? Is like... Mm fellow first overall draft pick ryan nugent hopkins mm-hmm. like he's a for sure that's very, a good comparison like at worst and i mean at worst he's very disappointing for a first overall pick in terms of that that was the best player of that draft year sucks mm-hmm. for you to have gotten that first overall pick however He's very good mm-hmm. and he's a very solid player and if you'd gotten him at like eighth overall you'd be thrilled you know it's just luck of the draw sometimes you get patrick kane sometimes you get eric johnson not that i'm bitter i mean i don't want patrick kane because he's a scumbag but you know what i'm saying i mm. want the player of a I caliber need those of points yeah. baby exactly uh so it's funny too because you when you look back nolan patrick was like the presumed 
first overall pick, and that was the year after Connor McDavid, right? No, that was the year after Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And I mean, two bangers, two banger first, back to back overalls. And I remember the conversation was a lot like, "Well, Nolan Patrick's not." Connor McDavid and he's not Austin Matthews but he's going to be a hell of a player and then it was like kind of a like that sort of feeling of like oh the Devils might go with Nico Heesh. Oh yeah that kind of and I don't know how right we feel the about that because he's not a Canadian mm. and therefore he's <laughs> inferior. He's a neutral Swiss type. Yes exactly um and uh you know with, without jumping to conclusions too fast Absolutely the correct call. Mm -hmm. Nolan Patrick's been unable to find uh, a lot of traction in the Philadelphia Flyers lineup, although he does have two 13-goal seasons. He's injured. I think he hasn't hasn't played yet this year. And look, he's still only 20, right? 21, barely 21. So he's got plenty of time to develop, but you kind of think of him as probably a middle six guy at this point. Do you think he was somebody that would have benefited from playing in the AHL to start, perhaps? yeah. yeah, I feel like having watched him very little, his game actually seems well, like it's something that could have grown in the AHL. It's one of those things, too, where it's like the 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 Flyers were kind of cursed by good luck in a weird sense. And, like, they weren't bad enough to get the second overall pick that year. Mm-hmm. They were, like, a barely missed the playoffs team. Mm-hmm. And then they got it. And it's like, okay, but we've got, like, a good good lineup, mm-hmm. you know, and... and Patrick doesn't have an obvious place to just plug in and, like, we're going to obviously give him playing time, but is not just going to step into our top six and be an 18-minute-a-night player. So some of it's bad deployment on their part. Some of it, uh, I mean, was that the year they traded us, Braden Shen? It probably was, right? I think so. 2017, that would have been two years ago. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of it is bad asset management, and some of it is probably Patrick not being as good as he could have promised was, you know, hoped to be, Mm. but definitely some of it is just when you're up at that kind of draft capital, you sort of assume that you're going to be up in the NHL and the, and you can't be in the AHL, which is the crappy thing about those rules. Cause Patrick was a Brandon wheat King before he was drafted. And so, uh, as as one as one is, <laughs> and um, Brandon Manitoba, hometown of former Blue Joel Edmondson, uh, but that was my John Kelly. If that wasn't clear, oh. former Blue. Anyway, uh, we'll rant on that later. But uh, yeah, he, he's more of like a power forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm rambling a little bit. Makes me yes. feel like that just that's ta- the that's AHL just, aspect. Yeah, that's what I mean. About. I'm like that would have fit in well there. Yeah, I feel like then you learn the game around the NHL game around you. You've got the body to be playing like a man's a man's league, but you'd maybe just need one step at a time rather than be thrust uh-huh. into the NHL. I mean, thirty points, two seasons in a row, both uh, ten games shy of like a full season. Yeah, not awful, but definitely one of those things where you're not. He wasn't. I would have thought he was going to come in and look better than this, mm-hmm. but that's before I kind of knew what sort of prototypical player he was supposed to yeah. be. I almost wonder if there'd be like a like appeal to like a um, like a Nolan Patrick for Jesse Puljujarvi swap, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, both of these guys have struggled to find their footing. 
And because that, I think, was that that same draft year or was Puyi the Matthews year? I think it was the Matthews year. So he was one year earlier. But either way, it's like neither of these guys has found their footing in their team yet. They're both still young. Mm-hmm. The upside is massive for either one of them. But, you know, they both need a change of scenery sort of thing. I yeah. can see that. Um, but this, you know, getting back to Heischer, he's obviously the queer correct first overall choice between those two at Mm -hmm. this point um and he has some really good uh advanced stats supporting his success in the nhl he had an expected goal percentage of 55 54.35 in his rookie year and it bumped up to 58.07 which is really impressive in his second year uh, which means you know his team had 58% 58% of the expected goals while he was on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then same logic, he had a high danger chance for percentage of 58.07, same amount in his rookie year. Uh, and that bumped up to 61.24% oh, wow. in his sophomore year, which I'm not a you know hockey analytics expert, but I would assume those are in the upper echelon, not the highest elite echelon, I assume, but, you know, very good. Um, and he's had a rough start to his... 2019-20 season, but the whole team's been awful, and his PDO, PDO yeah. is tragic. It's like .93 or something. So, um, <laughs> Your PDO, tragic. <laughs> so, you know, I I don't think there's any question about this contract. He gets one year of free agency extra because he signed only seven years, and he'll be, you know, 28, I guess, when he's a free agent. And he'll sign another big deal, and that'll be great for him. Mm. But, um, yeah, good deal. Nothing. I'm a little surprised they didn't go with all these um, late RFA signings that they didn't try and go, like, a short three-year yeah. thing with them yeah, or whatever. Yeah, a little bit surprised, too. But I guess he just likes the security. Maybe he likes it there. He loves New Jersey, said no one. Never. I mean, you can't, like, if you're a 21-year-old, you're never going to, or 20-year-old, you're never going to turn your nose up at $50 million. <laughs> No, no, I mean, no, I'd be taking league men. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so good contract there. Uh, Devils, as we've said before, one of the teams we kind of are pulling for. And, I hope know. they figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. Will they? Nah. No, I don't think so, <laughs> nah. but I hope so. Man, yeah, I hope so. Gone for sure. Um, so <laughs> let's move on and talk about some Blues news before we dive into the games. A couple of injuries that we'll talk about as they happen. Sammy Boy got hurt. Uh, was it in the Montreal game? Did he miss two games or just one? He wasn't in last night, and I think that was the, the first second of the, the first. I think this is the first game he yeah, missed was Sam last night. The so games. I guess he got hurt in the... Uh, Montreal. Colorado game. Oh, yeah, that's right. God, I'm getting these all but, out of yeah, order, it's been, folks. It feels like a long time. You went to that wedding. That went well. You said mm, you, said you killed it on the uh, best man speech. Yeah, it, was, it went very well. Word for word re-performance now, please. All right, <laughs> <Recapitulate>. so, <laughs> imagine you're in <laughs> the greater Chicago area. <laughs> and we're in a ballroom mm. in the hotel. The ballroom for the movie The Fugitive. Yeah. So. <laughs> You've all seen the video. <laughs> so, uh, Sammy Boy got hurt. He's day to day, day to play, play to day. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. 
Yes. You did a good job. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I like how you thought about it and you, well, you it. ruled in favor. Uh, he, uh, I expect him to be back pretty soon. Uh, he just got a slash to the hand or something. I think he's on the road trip. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. I was going to say. It's like if it's one of those things where if you take a slash to the hand, either your like, hand is shattered and you miss six weeks mm-hmm. or you're like going to be back. What about one of those deep bone bruises? <laughs> See, I don't know. It could be. Uh, Tarasenko has a deep bone bruise on mm-hmm. his shoulder. Do we know if this is the same shoulder? Left. I feel feel like it is um i'm 50 50 i don't really see what happens on this play by the way does he just like pop up against i don't know if he's getting yanked on yeah and it's hard to tell but in any case he's went off holding his shoulder and didn't look to be in extreme distress Mm. but didn't return in the king's game and then uh isn't expected on this two game road trip not on the road trip they say they'll evaluate him next week i'm not super worried Nah. I, I think, I'm not super worried now, and then it turns yeah. into like next week they go, he's out for three months, and you go, oh shit. Yeah, it's it's possible. I'm sure he'll be. Um, it'll be like a week. Honestly, there, I don't want it to be Tarasenko. I don't want it to be anyone. Anyone, but an injury to a top forward would be interesting on this team because mm-hmm. what would they do with prospects and what would they do with lines and everything like all the all the set ways they've established mm-hmm. since the Stanley Cup would have to be challenged. So last night. When Tarasenko went out, my dad and I were thinking they were going to bump Thomas up to the first line, which would have been dope, And they, but they didn't. And that's okay, because he actually did look very good in the third line role that they had him in. <laughs> but they moved up Sunquist, which kind of makes sense, because I think Berube really liked Sunquist. I mean, he was playing 20-plus minutes in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, this past season, so we'll see if that's what they stick with. Probably not. Yeah, it'll be interesting as when they start the game. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I think the question here is do Costin or, or Kyrou isn't, he's not back yet. Is today it, is they he said, we're going to be back. <laughs> today they said they assigned him to San Antonio. Oh, so he's like, so I guess he's, play. yeah, so I guess okay, that means he's cool. healthy. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if one of those gets a call up or if they just make do. I think, assuming both are short term, they'll just make do with Double Mac and uh, Sanford and. Mm you know not bother either of them well, i guess they gotta toss fabry in then because and fabry yeah. yeah and um but i think if either of those injuries are longer term you'd probably oh for sure if it's i don't know who you'd see before either of those guys if so. it takes a while i Fugansky want to maybe? see somebody up from the hl yeah. i'm kind of i don't know we'll talk about it later yeah, or maybe we've yeah. already talked about it but i'm i'm kind of over the fabry stuff yeah we'll talk about that i think that'll fit well in some of these games. much later <laughs> Um, and the last bit of Blues news uh, that might have gone missed, it wasn't a huge story. The Blues did sign Matthias Laferriere to an entry-level contract, our 2018 sixth-round pick from the QMJHL. Um, this uh, this player had a breakout season with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Is it Cape, ah! is it Cape Breton? Uh, I'm going to assume I mean, is it's, the, it's in the queue, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, of oh, course it is. God. That's probably ca- Cabrahon, Cabrahon <laughs> of the QMJ. <laughs> but then Screaming Eagles is just Screaming Eagles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Cabrahon Screaming Eagles. 
Uh, like when we found out that a Caddy Bathurst Titan was just a Caddy Bathurst, but then it's Teton. Teton's <laughs> like, oh my God. I hate Have you people. seen the Q's logo, like the league logo? Uh-huh, the skate. It's like a the, skate. Yeah. But only today did I realize it's backwards. Like it's Q. Oh, because oh, it's like the league, the major, junior, the hockey, the Quebec, or whatever. The... I don't know. Do they just yeah, French right it, backwards? Yeah, because it's L and H. That's like the Liga de Hockey de Nationale sort of thing. Oh, so yeah, it, prob- it right. probably is. Those, those those frogs are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier today, I don't I don't uh, shit in. <laughs> Quebec a lot, but I do shit on Quebec a lot. I like, by the way, like not that I'm a proponent of racial slurs. All right, it's over. We had a good time on the podcast, folks. But, but frogs has always struck me as a surprisingly weak one, especially for how generally maligned and disliked the French are. So you know, you think people would come up with something if better you, if you got. <laughs> If you've got better ideas for an anti-French oh racial slur, Steve uh, is or dis- ethnic slur, or whatever. Steve is disappointed in the ethnic slur. <laughs> yeah, he wants better. I want better variety. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matthias Leferrier, frog that he is. I'm sorry, Matthias. I'm so sorry. This is supposed to be a positive oh, bit of supposed news. We're supposed to be celebrating. And um, <laughs> here we are. But in any case, uh, they signed him. Uh, breakout season last year with Cape Breton, <laughs> Screaming Eagles. <laughs> and uh, I think he would have run out of contract eligibility at the end of the year. So this is a little bit of a formality, but I'm happy about it. Yeah. I don't know why my voice went I'm happy. happy about it. What's the He's name? looked really good. He looked good in um, Traverse City. Pretty mm-hmm. well good. And he had the really good season. And I remember when he was drafted, if I recall correctly, this was the kind of guy that they were like, hey, this guy actually has a ton of skill, and this could be a really good pick, but also he's super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was like a really, really high QMJHL draft stock type guy, mm-hmm. and then he was like not as so good, and it was like, oh, so he falls to the sixth round, and so, you know, maybe the potential is there to make another Sammy boy. Yeah, it's like if you can sort of uh, shine up that, that piece of coal, that diamond, right. make That's a right. diamond out of it. Shine what's, on, you crazy guy. <laughs> what's the name of... The presumed first overall pick this year. Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere. God, this is confusing because Lafreniere. I believe, I believe, believe it or not, I believe that little bastard is on Ramuski. They only produce first round picks. Don't draft anyone else out of the Oceanic, but first overall picks. I love that they're called the Ramuski Oceanic. Yeah. Ocean. Oceano. <laughs> you remove the M from Ruski, you got Ruski, which is also an ethnic slur. So, wow. Wow. Full uh, circle. Uh, so, yeah, home of uh, Sid Crosby and Al Lafreniere. And I uh, I think some uh, some other first round, uh, first overall pick was there. Um, and also, I believe the Blues' Colton Ellis is with Ramuski currently. But you can double check that if you want. Because my memory is not so good. It's so full of ethnic slurs. <laughs> I was like, he's been trying to get all these ethnic slurs <laughs> off. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The Two Guys One Cup podcast does welcome people from every nationality, <laughs> ethnicity, religion, 
and anything else you want to be. We just are so thankful to have anyone that listens to this yeah, podcast. Please direct any of your any of your uh, words to the or... at stl underscore podcast on Twitter. Any of your complaints? Yeah, I'm sure they'd love to hear you can them. CC um, Blizzard <laughs> Dear Blizzard, um, yeah, no, uh, we'll get better. We promise. Uh, and speaking of getting better, uh, Ian, in a way. If I was going to sum up my thoughts on Vancouver with one seven-second clip from a very successful podcast, I think it would be this one. Freeze Fuck me. you, Vancouver. I feel like she... That's right. Eat shit, goof. So that was our, our close personal friends at How Did This Get Made, a podcast about the same size as ours that uh, mm. had some thoughts on Vancouver that we wanted to share with you. Jason Manzukas, you can see him on... Uh, the league and mm. and uh, Brooklyn ninety nine, I believe it's called. <laughs> he had a small bit part in uh, John Wick three. That's true, he did. Uh, also, uh, also uh, Dennis Feinstein in Parks and Recreation, uh, a man of of many talents, mm-hmm. and one of them is cursing at the city of Vancouver, which deserves it. Because how dare they beat us? How dare they defeat us and not even have a good showing from their good players, particularly? What a crap fest this game was, huh? Uh, would you, you you were watching this one, right? Yeah, <laughs> this I, I was there live Ooh, for this shit show. Yikes! Uh, oh boy, you were. Do you want to? Do you want to do the rundown, or shall I? No, go ahead, because this was. Oof. It was last Thursday. It felt like nine Thursdays uh-huh. ago. Yeah, sure. Uh, Four hundred sun is <laughs> Blake gets an opportunity early on a two on one, and you're thinking, "Here we go, here we go, it's starting, here we this go, is here it. we go, it's starting." This is the Thatcher, end and the Thatcher Dimko's in net. He's a child. Jacob Markstrom is nowhere to be found. He was on administrative weed or personal leave. I don't know. Something oh, very really? tragic probably happened. Aww. So I hope he's all right. He's a, a great goalie, and I like him very mm. much. But in any case, Thatcher Dimko's in, and he sucks. So uh, you're thinking he can. Get it past Dimco, but he can't. Dimco stretches out the pad, um, and uh, Blaze even Blay even flips it up over from behind. But Ryan O'Reilly can't knock it in out of midair because he's an uncoordinated bitch. <laughs> 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 the one benefit of these things is if you write the note long enough ago, you totally forget what you wrote. Oh, we make ourselves laugh. Uh, yeah, well, nobody else but us, so it, it's worth something. Uh, the Blues then had an early power play after Sunquist went flying. Then they offset it with O'Reilly, Lady Bing, my ass. He was complaining to the ref, I remember this, because he's probably like, dude, I never take penalties, so the one I just took yeah, can't no, be real. That's his like, ultimate trouble card like no you don't understand i didn't commit a penalty. i don't do that you remember that you don't you do not but there was an old commercial from our childhood about like it was like nfl 2k like six or four probably is even earlier than that but marshall falk was in it and he was in like the mocap suit the mm-hmm. motion capture you know and they were like okay marshall now we need you to fumble for the game and he was like very seriously like i don't fumble and they were like yeah yeah no no we know but we need it we need like the capture for the game and he's like i don't fumble and he just refused to do it that's probably how ryan o'reilly's like i don't take penalties and that's the whole conversation but then you know he still goes to the box I mean, it was so, still an egregious yeah. penalty <laughs> that's true uh more like lazy bing as i would say <laughs> 
or more like shady bingo. <laughs> shady I think, bingo? As I think Jeff added to the notes. Oh, okay. Uh, Robbie Fabry gets uh, his best opportunity of the season at that point. Uh, shortly thereafter, off a relentless forecheck by Alex Mean Steen, more like Alex Mean, <laughs> more like Felix Steen, also a contribution from Jeff. I was obviously feeling the more like joke when I took these notes. Um, Bennington got over to stop a Pedersen Besser two on one. Sheen Steen puts a shot on net. It bounced out to Bozak, who ripped it, but it goes off the far post. Fabry is posted. I don't remember what I wrote, so I'm just going to skip that. Fabry had an opportunity, and um, they couldn't close out the period. Or did they close? Did I just forget to write the goal note? Ian, could you check? This is when Robbie Fabry <laughs> scored, isn't it? What happened here? <laughs> Wait, what did happen here? Yeah, I think I deleted, somehow deleted the Robbie Fabry goal. Oh, I want to say that's what happened. Can, oh, I'm just looking at the gif. I'm like, what um, did happen <laughs> Uh, let's go back and check. So, folks, Two Guys One Cup podcast is off the cuff. And speaking of cuffs, Two Guys One Cup podcast is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Let's talk. Can you give them a promo for Stitch Fix? Sure. While you me? look this up. While I look this up. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I used to use Stitch Fix. Uh-huh. And, and it's great and all. I mean, it's great. They do what you, what you want them to do. They send you clothes that you've sort of like pre-selected or like you're generally given them a feel of like i like plaid shirts <laughs> and they're like you got it bro plaid shirts it is do you like pants like i love pants and they go here's some pants and you give them your size and everything and i bet they fit normal people but i'm a tall gangly bastard and they can't fit me and i was like i dare you stitch fix i dare you and they said we cannot we give up they didn't actually give up they kept shipping me clothes uh, but, it, you know, it's it's a good service. I just think you need to be someone of, I don't know, have a build, you know, uh-huh. have, have any amount of mass <laughs> upon you. Shape. Yeah, and then they'll be able to fit you. For okay. anyone that's never seen Ian, he's actually like a flat person from the Paper Mario <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, I've got, so. I, if someone was like, what build do you have? I'd say none. I've got none build. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, but that's Stitch Fix. But Stitch Fix is great. It's a great company. It's not and, their uh, fault you can go, I was born a stick. You can go to stitchfix.com and enter the promo code NOTSMUT for the Two Guys <laughs> One Cup podcast, podcast discount. And now back to the show. So uh, Robbie Fabry did score his first goal of the period here, which is what I was talking about all along before you interviewed, you interrupted me with that totally unplanned and unprompted and unpaid for promo from Stitch Fix. But in any case, and 1425 in the first period, Robbie Fabry scored his first, perhaps, dare I say, his only goal of the season. How, uh, well, how many do you think he gets this season with the St. Louis Blues? How many goals do you think? With Robbie the St. Louis Blues, one. I, one. Think, one. I don't think he's on the St. Louis Blues much longer. Oh, but we'll discuss at the end of the game. Um, I say two. <laughs> he gets I'm another doubling one. down. Woo, baby! What high hopes we have for Robbie Fabry. Uh, that's what that song was about, actually. It's all about Robbie Fabry. Got to have high hopes for a living. 
We're never going to be done with this goal. Tyler Bozak, <laughs> Alex Steen assisted. Steen put a shot on net, bounced out to Bozak, who ripped it, but it goes off the far post. Fabry is posted up behind Edler, totally uncovered, and can knock it into the empty net from his knees, which is good because he's needed to not walk on his knees a lot before. So he's got knees now, so that's cool. Uh, the Blues close out the period with a couple of good chances. Let's not take off the foot off the gas, I said at the time. Shall we? And the Blues immediately took the foot off the gas. They got an early opportunity, then they got sloppy in their own zone, and Michael Furlan scored his first goal as a Vancouver Canuck. Unassisted Canucks got a great chance, but Bennington made the save. Vertanen, shotgun Jake, does some work on the forecheck. Puck gets back to Sutter, who takes a big shot, and it's tipped on goal. Furlan comes up with a clean rebound. I don't understand exactly how this was unassisted, but such are the rules yeah. of the professional hockey Dun and world. Of a f- professional. A oh, fun... they later gave assists to Sutter oh, and Adler. Okay. So Dunn and Falk, fun pairing. Fun fun short pairing. Fun to real, say. Real fast. Dunn Falk. I'm fucking fun done. Fun and Doc. Yeah. But I'm done with it. Yeah, they are not great we're at gonna, clearing the crease. We, we're going to have to... We're going we're gonna to talk about a few players by the end of this podcast. You mark my words. One of them is going to be Justin Falk. One of them is going to be Robbie Fabry, and, and we know who the other one is. And we'll get to him when his time comes. But you all know, too. It's Jake Allen. It's not a surprise. <laughs> like, we'll get to him. Look, it's Jake Allen. <laughs> but in any case, I just don't want anybody hanging on in suspense. Look, you know, sometimes the show does the like, ooh, there's a big mystery on this show. And it's like, oh, no, it's just Horatio's back in CSA Miami. We didn't kill him. And it's like, fuck you guys. But... <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, it's a, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Just like Alex Petrangelo got there, scoring his third goal of the season, assisted by Oscar Sunquist just 43 seconds later, Thomas helped Sunquist get the puck out of the zone. Sunquist skated up ice. He entered the zone, passed to the middle. Barbashev let the puck go through his legs to the waiting Petrangelo, who fired home the heavy shot. Ian, what was the feel in the building? What was the build feel, as they say? <laughs> like a mouth <laughs> when feel? this goal happened and the Blues were up 2-1. to one. You know... We were up 3-1 to yeah. one in this game. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice feeling. This I was like a shootout, pre- wasn't it? This yeah. was a sixth-round shootout. This well, <laughs> game was four... Years ago. I think you've jumped to the Sharks. <laughs> Folks, that's the game. You've heard it here they first. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good feeling. I like seeing Petrangelo score. He does more scoring later this week. I think it's 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 good to see him jumping up in the play. That's essential. That was a water break brought to you by water. So Vladimir Tarasenko scored just under a minute later to his second goal of the season. Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shin assisting. Shin rolled up the line, turned, gave the puck to Schwartz. He fired a shot that Demko saved, but can't contain And Tarasenko knocks in the rebound on the backhand. A dirty then, goal. A dirty goal. A dirty goal for the sniper. For the sniper from... Magnitogorsk, except I don't think that's where he's from. I think he's just from Moscow. Real boring. But anyway, that's when things went from bad, from good, I guess, to worse. Because uh, it's a tale as old as time. The Blues get a five-on-three power play, and then they squander a five-on-three power play. And uh, Vladimir hmm. Tarasenko is from Yaroslavl. So mm, I knew that. 
I yeah. should have known that. Oh, we should have for sure. Five on three, squandered a five on three. Uh, yeah. The Blues have not scored a five on three goal during the regular season since I believe they said December of 2016. No. Yes. No. Now, that's only. <laughs> Take. This is the John Kelly missed by five feet thing. So listen, <laughs> does this number sound like too many or too little? So they're oh for seventeen. Is that oh, way, way too, too many? many. But way they've only had, too many. But they've only had seventeen opportunities. Oh for seventeen wouldn't be acceptable on a normal power play. Five That's th- so <laughs> many. Yeah. What are they doing? I mean, not scoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. How is this a thing? Literally, how they don't. Other than it being the truth, don't you also you... believe it? Don't yeah. you believe oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, very yeah. believable. Oh, <laughs> Extremely no. believable. Oh, for seventy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, they're they didn't do it here. It wasn't great. They had four shots. They didn't look good. And guess what happened? There was a goal the other way when you squander a four on. Five on three, bad things happen. And that bad thing was named JT Miller, who already has four goals for the Vancouver Canucks. Very good, JT. He, he's on one of my uh, fantasy teams. Good, good so. work. Um, and <laughs> Tyler, not Jason Mott, got the assist. And uh, oh boy. Woof. They had a couple. What uh, happened here? I didn't even take notes. They had a couple goals like this where uh, Bennington makes the initial save, a really. A, Fairly decent save. I think this one might have even gone off the post. Didn't give him much to look at. But the rebound comes, like, literally right to JT Miller. Like, mm. it lands right in his lap. Like, doink, there it is. And then who's also, sta- who's, like, standing in next front of to 70? Oh, that's Falk. Great. Good. Good. Cool, cool, cool. So he can't get over it all because Falk is standing right there mm. trying to guard the crease for some reason. If he was wearing a Canucks jersey, that would have been goaltender interference. Yes. Yes. Um, Lou Korak added around this point, Berube has also talked about the hashtag STL Blues need to be better at not giving up the interior of the ice and both goals against are off rebounds in the slot. They mm-hmm. would not be the last. Um, or maybe they would be. I don't remember how this goal was going. <laughs> no, 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 definitely wouldn't be. So uh, in the third period, man, my notes were sloppy as hell. I think for this game. They're around. Oh no, they were in the second period. Okay. No, third period. Yeah, okay. Okay, boys, I'm sorry. They're they're better after this. I don't know what happened this game. But anyway, in the third period, uh Bo Horvat scored his first goal of the season. He got the C Captain. and then he saw them later because he's been awful. Uh but he got his first goal of the season assisted by Elias. Peterson, is this guy new? Um, he's good, I guess. This was on a five-on-three. Uh, yeah, we almost killed it. What an about-face on that one. Uh, we about-faced ourselves in the face because we sucked. You know how people say. So anyway, Bo Horvat scores the goal. Thomas's backside does not commit a penalty but gets called for a goaltender oh, interference anyway. Yes. Someone's mouth does take a penalty, and David Perron serves the bench minor. The, the mouth yes. might have been So David yeah, Perron's. So it was Tyler Myers shoved Robert Thomas into Thatcher Demko. <laughs> and then 
Tyler Myers like shoved Robert Thomas again. Like, how dare you be? How dare you touch Thatcher Demko? Uh huh. And then Craig Berube lost his shit and yelled at the ref. And we took a bench minor for it. And David Prawn, uh, Robbie so Fabry good. play. I feel like Robbie Fabry sometimes serves bench yeah, miners. It's him or Perron. this one. So, so, hey, you're used to the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, you, you make, know, a, you you make know, your second home here. You know how to here. get out there faster than anyone else. So. I, I haven't seen a bench miner be taken by the coach in a while, at least for the Blues. I know John Tortorella's in the league, so it normally happens <laughs> a couple times every season uh. in the NHL. But, yeah, it was... I. I guess refreshing because I was like, yeah, you give it to him, coach. But also, I feel also, like because we're so bad on the five on three, he forgot mistake. Yeah, um, that they could score on one. The I think Jeff, I think Gift Jeff may have taken these notes now that I read them because he says Canucks score on the five on three despite a valiant effort by Pareko to imitate Jake Allen. He does roughly. As well, I did not write that. So that was that was Jeff Jefferson. <laughs> you know, they say they're um, swimming in that. He literally is paddling in the net. Yeah, this. Uh, oh, cool. I forget how Bennington was just all the way out of the crease. Does he but... ever appear in this gift? No, he's nowhere. <laughs> no, no. He's literally nowhere. He's like on his exit behind the curtain stage right. Yeah, he's but, already gone. Um. Ugh. Just coughed away, pissed away another two two goal lead. Uh, when one team has a five on three and doesn't score, the other team almost always wins. Uh, when the other team then has a five on three and does score, I would imagine those statistics go up even more. Uh, the Blues forced overtime and held on for the shootout. But Bozak, Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Braden Shin, David Perron, and Alexander Steen. Really? Steen is your sixth best option. Oh, his attempt oh. was very poor. It yeah. was very, very poor. Was he the one, was it him that tried to do like the... Uh, the Kucherov, no Kucherov? move. No, that was Perron. That was Perron, yep. okay. Um, and they all missed. So did Besser, Pedersen, Tanner Pearson, JT Miller, and Alex Edler. So I guess Edler is equally as gross a choice as Steen. Uh, but then Josh Levo. Josh who? Josh Levo. I knew he was going to score. Yeah, just Thanks, to dagger goal. us. Yep. Um, he got the winning goal pass to Jordan Bennington. Can't blame Bennington for getting his team through six rounds of a shootout, five rounds of a shootout, and then being so useless as not to score. Uh my big takeaway from this game was this team does not have high skill yeah. players. <laughs> they really don't. They're a very good team. Mm-hmm. And they're a great team. They're built to succeed in the playoffs, which is where you want to succeed. And doesn't matter if you're first or eighth. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, you can just win, as we proved last year. Um, but this team is severely lacking in, in top level skill and that's going to hurt them in overtimes the rest of the year mm-hmm. because they're every team most, I think I would say almost every team in the NHL will have someone more athletic than our most athletic players. I am so scared when it's five on three for us. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared. Oh yeah. Like sure. you can toss Robert Thomas out there. They won't or for a very small amount of time. Jordan Kyrie is not up here. So really, I think we start Five off... on three, you mean, or three on three? Sorry, three on three. Okay. Three on three. I mean, I'm scared both. Oh, I'm, I'm sc- oh yeah. Sure. Oh, no, I mean, you're right. I'm scared <laughs> on both. But no, three on three, because, like, 
we'll start O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Pareko. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. But also, compared to everyone else's starting yeah. three-on-three, that's not great. And that's our best. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem is, you know, when they can run Pedersen, Besser, and Hughes, Quinn Hughes, yeah. it's like, good night. Like, well, shit. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, we didn't lose in overtime here. I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but it's just like... I want to say they had the better of the play, though, oh, for, for sure, sure yeah. three-on-three. Yeah, our five-on-three also um, just abysmal. Yeah. Like, I know you have so much room that you're somehow reversed, like, now you're scared to make a mistake because there's just too much room. And I know they say they don't practice this stuff because how often is it going to happen? But honestly, 17 times! How Do you really need to practice it? This should just be in your bones. You're a fucking hockey player. Also, you know what pisses me off about the 17 times thing? Some of those are going to be like Yeah, like 20 seconds, whatever. whatever. So fine, write those off. But let's say there are 14 of half a minute or more. Mm -hmm. You should be like 12 of those 14. (laughs) It should be an automatic goal. Uh, Oh, boy, boy, boy. So... I would rather you generate so many shots in the five on three and wear them out and have them somehow rally around that mm -hmm. as the opposition than you to just do nothing. So, uh, um, uh, the Blues lose, what's it technically called, four to three to Mm. the Vancouver Canucks? Always weird to me because that one goal didn't, doesn't count for... That's not a goal four, right? Not for Josh Levo. No, but it's not like a goal four for the team, is it? No, I don't think so. Okay, that makes sense. I'm glad they do it that way. I, I thought for sure they were like adding a goal four. I don't know why they don't just have three, three, and then like... A winner. Yeah. That's the winner. Well, because they got it, yeah. I'm like... Anyway. It's weird. They shouldn't do shootouts. They shouldn't do whatever. They should do ten minutes of three on three overtime. If no one scores as a tie, boom. And they should have three points every game. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, John Tortorella came out as a big proponent of three-on-three overtime this year, so mm-hmm. or this week, so weird. Um, he's also a big proponent of swearing and probably, you know, grabbing his crotch, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a mixed bag with John Tortorella. So Blues would go on to face another Eastern or another Canadian team at home, uh, and you thought, okay... <laughs> Okay, you you sorry thoughts. No, you so I was at a wedding for this. Guy. Oh, so I gotta walk you. I gotta take your hand. You gotta walk me right through this one. But we also, can walk down the aisle no. of this game. No, no. <laughs> Let us get married in the ashes <laughs> of this game. Oh boy, dark. Um, you were at a wedding yes. earlier in the game. playoffs. What were the two games where we got embarrassed? Game one of the stanley cup final no game three game three and, and game, game six. six it was game three okay it's the first home game so we are over two when we attend weddings big over two big over two jeff gift jeff who is jeff Jof. <laughs> the unofficial third member Although maybe that's an insult to Justin, Sorry, Justin. unofficial Time to shared fight for it. third member. We will give you both scimitars, and you can joust for it with, with, with scimitars. <laughs> scimitars, but uh, yeah, fence. I guess fence is the word I was thinking of. But uh, he's going to a wedding soon. Is tomorrow, right? Saturday, yeah. For during the Bruins game, folks, just. Don't bother to don't in. touch that <laughs> dial. Just you know, watch a World Series game and be happy. But uh, 
Yeah, you were at a wedding. You were blissfully unaware, eating the dance floor's heart out with uh, Only Girl in the World mm. by Rihanna. The uh, number one song in the Stealing universe. hearts with your uh, best man speech. I almost said Maid of Honor speech. I did both. Uh, <laughs> and the, the couple asked me, they're very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> they asked me to do both. Um, and while you were doing that, the, the Montreal Canadiens were uh, dismantling, dismantling <laughs> the St. Louis oh, I forgot this was at home, too. Man. Oh, and it was in the, it was in the Heritage jerseys. And it was a matinee. It was all bad. Wasn't this the matinee? Yeah. Oh, boy. Not good. What time was the wedding? Was it a matinee? It was right at 2. It was right when this oh, started. Oh, nice. Nice. So, so I got... It was about by the time I got off the party bus, I saw it was 5 2, and I was like, I'm glad. Man, this I part, was on a party those bus. Those party buses are sweet. Oh, this one was super nice. nice. Super yeah, nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, have score early in this one. Just ripping the Band-Aid right off. 5.57 into the game. Jordan Wheel, whose name I've never been comfortable pronouncing, uh, scored his second of the season, assisted by Max Domus, Domi and Tomas Tatar. Tatar was along the boards. Domi rushed towards the net with no one, particularly Ivan Barbashev, at all aware that he's there. I mean, particularly Ivan Barbashev, because he's the one that should have been, not that he was, like, particularly particularly unaware but um i'm not calling all russian people dumb or anything they are but i'm not saying <laughs> Brett, Brett, do you want to grab into your hat of slurs and uh throwing at them perhaps perhaps we'll we'll think about it we'll we'll take that conversation offline uh but um domi sends it in front no one is boxing out we owe it all jesus god look at this fucking gif oh my god what were you doing alex what? Ah! <laughs> what is happening? This is only the start of this game. I gotta pump the brakes. Yeah, I was like, um, he, he to be fair, Alex Petrangelo does make it back into the paint as the goal is being well, scored. Yeah, well, yeah. he should have been anyways. Oh boy. So, uh, Jake Allen started this game more on that in a moment. And uh, <laughs> this one you can't blame on Jake. He's getting no support at all. Yeah. So, um, you, you, Folks... Put put the tally in the in the not Jake Allen's fault column. Yeah, well, there won't be many. Put this one there. So you know we made an uh, effort. Yeah. Oh boy, do you I guys like do you Allen. guys think we like Jake Allen? <laughs> give give us a call at eight hundred four three two cups. <laughs> Man, neither of us have had any alcohol. <laughs> one of the wildest and we are halfway through not even so um the blues then scored uh just under or just over a minute later Jaden schwartz got his first of the season huzzah <laughs> alex petrangelo his second assist and vladimir tarasenko his fifth assist vladimir tarasenko has them silky mitts working mm-hmm. this year but not for goal scoring but for goal health <laughs> last i heard you've been using your mitts not for scoring but for rolling apples and then you know, that's down by the river. Is. Yeah, exactly. He's living in a van down by Creepcore. Down by what's the one that's like basically a basin, but sometimes it's full river to oh, pay. River to pay. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Folks, give us a call for <laughs> the river to pay. Because, man, I got some fucking questions. I don't, we don't live down there, but every, the one or two times during the year I drive down there, uh-huh. I freak out. I don't know where the fuck I am. 
if I see the river to pair, I've gone too <laughs> that, far. <laughs> that number once again is eight 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 four three two cups. Unless I made that up and it was different before, then take the first. And the one. first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Petrangelo was deep and took a wrister wide of the net by five feet. <laughs> Banged off the inboard and goes right to Schwartz, who brilliantly knocks it in on a spinning backhand, which, by the way, is not the only time this week that Jaden Schwartz will take a shot that goes off the inboards and do something miraculous with it. Um, good work, Jaden. We're all very proud of you. So, uh, Will Cox. <laughs> Saskatchewan's own Jaden Schwartz, ladies and gentlemen. So, hey, hey, the Blues hold on. It's 1-1 going into the second period. Second periods have been a little troublesome for the Blues this season so far, but you're thinking, hey, it's the Montreal Canadiens. They played a first period. They wiped off the stain of the Vancouver Canucks collapse. What could possibly go wrong? Have you seen it? You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen the goal. <sighs> the goal that shall not be named, but here we go. Demons trying to become one with themselves. <laughs> Spirits. De- demons. Guide me. Your in- energy. Six seconds into the following period. Six seconds. You can't even enter the zone in six seconds, I don't think. And they didn't have to. <laughs> Brendan Gallagher scored his fourth goal of the season. That helped out some of your fantasy teams. Look okay. on the bright side. Always look on the bright side of life, I say. Uh, unassisted but really assisted by Jake Allen. Have you ever noticed that when I'm really angry, I do like a golf commentator voice? You have the voice. NPR voice? I do, like, I do the really high screamy voice when I'm like befuddled, but when I'm angry, it's it's down here. Brought to you today. by viewers like you. <laughs> today, we'd like to introduce a track by Blacksmith Mom- Lady Mamba. So <laughs> that sounds like an NPR band. Uh, off the opening face-off, Brendan Gallagher tangles with Colton Pareko at the line and tries to fire one off wide of the net and it was it was going wide of the net I'd like to like to clarify for those uh, without the benefit of flash photography Jake Allen tries to make a routine play and just you know just nudge it just you know it's it's probably going wide but let's just give it that extra whack just to make sure and it goes somehow off his stick off his stick again and into the roof of the net. And then it lands on the ice behind him and the referee's signaling goal, but nobody understands what happens because nobody still understands what <laughs> happened. And Brendan Gallagher is almost up there again, ready to bury the rebound. And he he would have, just for the record. Uh, but there was no need. It was already a goal. Now, what is there to say about this, really? essentially nothing it's an app i mean it's a free it's an it's the weirdest goal we'll see all year there's nothing to be said but (laughs) there's gonna be the question if this was any other goalie would you be this mad and the answer is no that's fair but it's not it was jake Allen and I saw some thoughts on Twitter along the lines of, why does this stuff always happen to Jake? Mm -hmm. I feel like the answer and the question are right there in the same sentence. I I don't... (laughs) It happens to Jake because he's a bad goalie. That's, (laughs) That's why it always happens to Jake. I don't think so. That can't be, that can't be correct. 
I don't get it at this. I do not get it. And the, listen, Jake Allen, I'll go ahead and read some of his quotes because credit to him, he he absolutely owned his mistake. He says, that's on me for losing the momentum for the boys. It hit my stick. I've never it hit my stick and somehow hit my shaft and went the other way. But still, there's no excuses. Um he said, I thought we still had a chance to climb back in the game, but I thought I let a lot of wind out of our sails with that, and we never got back on our feet in that period especially. Um, we had our chances. Price played well, but, you know, it just didn't look like our style of game. we got to find a way to get back to that. But, again, that's a lot on me. Uh, I felt pretty solid, to be honest, but that goal can't happen, so it's on me. So, look, Jake Allen owned it. Um the second period collapse isn't his fault necessarily they should be men as craig berube said i think i think i've got his quote he says yeah we're a veteran team we got to be better than that to let that affect us that much we got to be mentally tougher than that and he's right 100 mm. percent, he's right no excuse for what they then did and how badly they played but on the flip side of the coin for the for the group of people that are out there who always ask, why does this team play so badly in front of Jake Allen? Why does this team play differently when Jake Allen's in net? Do you understand now? Do you look at that goal and get it? Do you understand it? Because that can't ever happen. Ever. And that's an NHL goalie making $4.3 million. A backup goalie. And he's exquisite at it. He's so good. There was a chart today from Sean Tierney at Charting Hockey, who is a brilliant mind. We retweeted it. Well, we didn't retweet it because I wanted to circle the two blue notes on there. But we tweeted out the image. Um... And it was a chart of expected goal for, or goals against, goals goals saved above average, GSAA, which is the best hockey goalie metric, and then versus whatever, expected goals against, I think. So it was basically workload versus goals saved above average. And Jake had a less than average workload, but a much less than average goals saved above average in fact i think he was second worst and it's just like what more do we need to see about this guy and it's i'm not i don't hate jake allen he seems like a perfectly nice guy he seems like a great teammate why are we why is this a discussion what what am i missing that makes some people defend this guy so vehemently there is not a shred a shred of evidence that he is anything other than at best a slightly below average goalie capable of performing wildly on either side of that. His He does not have like a bell curve, you mm-hmm. know? It's just like a lot of like huge spikes and huge valleys. Now you've said a lot to persuade me and everyone else that Jake Allen is a bad <laughs> goaltender. But Stephen... I give you the evidence of his run against the Minnesota yes. Wild. Thank you very much. Folks, conversation <laughs> over. I believe we all know Jake Allen is a fantastic goaltender. He beat the Minnesota Wild. He stood on his head for five games. 
Uh, I don't think there's much else you can say. He makes spectacular saves every so often. An outstanding goal. That loves, by the way, that loves and relishes being a backup. Yeah. And he fits perfectly in that role. He never lost his starting job. No, no. He's just graciously accepted being a backup. Genially. It was a a kind of a, what's it called, a... At Christmas. it was like a white elephant situation. Yeah. I'm not yeah. fired. I quit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what the game is called at Christmas, where you like mm. steal people's presents and stuff. Yeah. Jordan Bennington had the last turn, and he stole Jake Allen's starting job. Brian Elliott stole Jake it. Allen, understanding the rules of the game, was very gracious and gladly yeah. handed it over. I realize you were joking, mm-hmm. but is that it? Because seriously, yes, this for, season was... I have been. He's had stretches where he was very good, and people hold on to that for dear life. They hold on to it for dear fucking life. And because at the time, when he played poorly, I will admit there were probably people that just went hard at Jake Allen. Like, fuck Jake Allen. Jake Allen's fucking trash Uh and stuff like that. And they recoiled from that. And now any sort of, hey, Jake Allen's not a very good goaltender, is like, how dare you? You're so goddamn mean to Jake Allen. It's like, no, 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 no. There's some trash out there that yelled about Jake Allen at any point when he was poor and hate that man. And listen, I've seen people attack him personally yeah. and I tell them to go to hell because there's no place Not for cool. Blues Buzz did it and they're scum to begin with. <laughs> but, you know, but that's... that kind of stuff can't happen. It's not about personal mm-hmm. attacks. But it pushes people the other way where now any sort of critique on Jake Allen, even an obvious critique, I would say, and just an ob- just obvious facts... Are like how you're you're just like everyone else. You fucking hate Jake Allen so goddamn yeah. much. And it's like yeah. no, that's not the same. No, I think your psychoanalysis is spot on. Just I just pull yourself out of like you almost have to pull yourself out of the human being thing. You don't hate him. You don't love him. You know, take the person out of it, and just literally look at numbers. Like cross Jake Allen's name off. And be like, is this good? Mm-hmm. Is that good? Take the number off his back and cover his face and put him in a white jersey. And be like, was that good? Did that look good? Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. it didn't. But they're like, oh shit, it's fucking Scooby-Doo time. It's Jake <laughs> Allen. You know? Like, I like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell folks anymore. And I'm glad that he's just the backup and we don't have to have this conversation about him being a starter. But if Jordan Bennington goes down, you are one person away from jake allen Jordan being Bennington goes down it's it's over that's the end of the season like people don't understand this it's that's there's no team i may i may have catapulted us a little too far into the into the oh, but i'm the not realm yeah of i'm not i won't go but, far down yeah. there but i'm just like if he's injured that's the thing that baffled me this summer when we had the argument about you know well why are we keeping jake allen and people said well what happens if bennington isn't who we thought he was, and and, was like, and my answer was like, "You're fucked." That's what <laughs> happens. There's no. <laughs> Do you think we're saying? Yeah, we're not saying. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Then you that have, argument's awful. Then you have two bad goalies, <laughs> and that's how teams die. That's how you get the Sharks of this year. They have two bad goalies, and they're really bad. And that's that's what happens. They. Have... I love I love that. We gotta keep Aaron Dell because <laughs> what happens if fucking. <laughs> What's his Martin name? Martin Jones. Martin Jones goes out and be like, "Well, uh-oh." <laughs> Whoops. Um, and that's, you know, if I, if I would, if I'm just to sit here and give you my fairest 
analysis of Jake Allen, it would be this. He is as athletically gifted as any goalie in the league. He can make great saves. We've seen and that. he is fundamentally flawed and mentally very fragile. And I don't, I'm not calling him a sissy. Mm. I'm not saying he's weak. I'm just saying in the context of the game, he lets his emotions and the momentum of the game affect him way too much. And that, as in with the Minnesota series, that can be astoundingly positive. And when he's red hot, he's as hot as anyone on earth. But over the grand total of the last five seasons, he has not been, he's been a lot more ice cold than red hot. Mm. He had that run pretty much. That run, all the people who are pointing to the second half of last year as like, he was great. He was great after Benning took, took over. He was fine. He's all right. It was not great. And the team, as always, didn't play well around him. So his record was trash. I think it was like four and six in 10 starts. Yeah, or like four, four, and two, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and so not good enough. And again, is that his fault? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yes, no, yes, and no. <laughs> like he has forfeited their trust over mm-hmm. long enough. And I think I've used this analogy before, but like, like bad relationships. If you have someone who's not not necessarily abusive, although certainly that too. Let's if, say toxic. If you just have a toxic relationship, but you love the person and you keep going back to them, but then it keeps ending badly and you just get in this cycle, eventually you're going to be walking on eggshells the whole time. Because who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what this team has to do. What Jake are we going to get today? I don't know. Is it going to be good Jake? Is it going to be bad Jake? Is is it going to be Brendan Gallagher Jake? I really don't know. I've got to play really, really tight defense. And as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, this team actually isn't good when they're turtling and playing very (laughs) tight defense. As much as they're built on their defense, that defense needs to be engaged in keeping pucks in the zone and and, taking uh, risks a little bit. Taking risks and, and pinching a lot and that can't they don't do that when jake's in the net because they're too scared and they're playing scared and ironically of course their playing scared leads to them making the kinds of mistakes Mm. that they're playing scared to avoid but it's a vicious cycle and it's not i'm just i'm so over it as i tweeted at some point this week All of the dumbest conversations I've ever had have all been about Jake Allen, and I've been on both sides of them, you know, Mm because I I have no room. We both have no room for the Jake Allen, I hope he dies, you know, or Mm -hmm. Jake Allen is a shit person or whatever, like, fuck Jake Allen. We have no, there's no space for that. He's a blue, he's wearing a blue sweater, we should want the best for him, but at the same time, we have to admit that he's... The worst blue, at least in the in the context of who we can rely upon, mm. it, it's like him and Robbie Fabry fighting for that bottom <laughs> spot right now. And I'm sorry, it's not it's not fair to him. It sucks, and that's one of the reasons I think he deserved to trade was to get traded to a market where he doesn't have all these demons. Because maybe he would be good if he went and played for the Red Wings. I don't know. Maybe he'd be great. I don't think he, I don't. I don't think he would be, but maybe he would be. 
Maybe he would get an opportunity. He'd get a chance, Mm -hmm. and he deserves a chance. He's shown enough in the NHL that he deserves a chance from someone else. It shouldn't have been here. And if the trade offers were coming in this summer and Doug Armstrong said no, that was a cataclysmic mistake because they're not coming in next summer. The right we're going. Mm. They're just not. Nobody, nobody's coming to say, give us your $4.3 million goalie for even on one season. You know, they're just not. You may, you can say, you can say, here's a second round pick to take our $4.3 million goalie. And you may have to, mm-hmm. because if you want to bring Petrangelo back, you got a queer cap space, but I don't know. That's just where we are. Any other thoughts on Jake <laughs> Allen? Thought, you got any more thoughts? Um, no, I think we should have a Jake Allen button when we're just like, you know what, <laughs> you know, you know what this is about. It's just I, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be that podcast. I don't want to be those guys. But I mean, I think all the podcasts are like that. I don't, I don't get. It's not a secret, and I don't. I just people who are fighting for Jake Allen's reputation just aren't looking at facts. You're fighting not, a losing battle. It's like, what are the five stages of grief? I know one of them's denial. You're in that stage, you know, and you're just stuck there. So the <laughs> first one, I think it's just, yeah, oh boy. Anyway, um, Jonathan Druin scored uh, <laughs> about three minutes later, just over three minutes later. Uh, the Blues had committed a crappy penalty because of what just happened. Um, and their PK looked terrible because of what just happened, uh, even though they entered the game having killed 15 straight. Uh, although that's a bit of a lie because that Vancouver goal was basically on a five on three. It just had like just ended when mm-hmm. um, the goal was scored. But in any case, Druin assisted by Kotkaniemi and Weber. Kotkaniemi, Kotkaniemi hit a side to side pass to Druin uh, and Druin netted it. There's no excuse for that lane being open for that kind of a pass and i don't think it's it's the only one that happens in this game and again absolutely nothing jake allen can do i really think only one goal in this game was his fault it's just Just the one goal that was can't possibly be allowed to happen um nick suzuki scored seven minutes after that uh, Nate Thompson and Nick Cousins on the assist. Pareko loses his stick 20 to 30 seconds before the goal. Nobody gives him one because they're incompetent. Cousins absolutely bowls over Sunquist in the slot. Uh, I don't know how that's legal. Well, it, I will answer that. It's not legal, but um, uh, it happened. <laughs> and uh, Thompson drifts around behind um and Suzuki slides into the space that Sunquist might have occupied had he been standing, and he received and buried the one-timer past a still stickless uh, Colton Pareko. And what is it at this point? Four to one, I think. Yep. You got it. Um, How do you for- say that in French? I forgot to mention that <laughs> Gif Jeff just said not gifing this about the Jake Allen goal, which is fair. Um, the third period goal. <laughs> the third period started and uh i mean it was all it was you know a foregone conclusion it was just a sloppy i mean we played all right we played better in the third mm-hmm. but didn't get anything back until 1922 david prom with the man pulled hey we scored a five on i won six on five goal when we? the last time we did that was probably last we did, year right we pulled it even though it was four on one i think this was six on five yeah, it was. You're correct. Uh, Perron and Fought complete back-to-back passes across the ice. Perron waited, waited, and shot and scored, which makes sense. He had plenty of time to wait. We only needed, you know, three Just goals wait in it 40 out, seconds. But, um, 
can they score two more goals in 37 and a half seconds? Uh, Darren Pang asks. The answer is no, Darren, they cannot. Uh, <laughs> Gift Jeff says not gifting this either, and 13 seconds, 15 seconds later, Shea Weber scored an unassisted empty net goal. Uh, Pareko passed it right to Weber because why not? Colton Pareko looked really bad in this game, and uh, Weber nailed the empty netter from his own blue line. Jeff Geff. Jeff Geff, <laughs> is that new? I don't know. And, just, and starting with good man, and ending with... <laughs> man... Fuck you. I don't know if that's to me or Shea Weber or Darren Fang. I think to me, probably. It would be my guess. Even <laughs> though, if you look to the side of the notes, I did politely say, Jeff, don't even trouble yourself to add gifts for this period. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't he like that either. Happen, but he didn't like that either. He said, don't you ever tell me how to live my life again. But then he followed my instructions. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which way is up. <laughs> but um, we read Jake Allen's comments. We read Craig Berube's comments. He added... Uh, he didn't seem thrilled. He said it's self-inflicted. There's not enough of a buy-in to team play. Everybody's accountable, everybody. Uh, and then he talked about Allen, and he said he made a lot of good saves. It is what it is. Everybody's got to be better. That's goalies, everybody. Everybody's got to be better. Bruce Boudreaux's got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. Uh, Jason Zucker. Oh, yeah, that's right. Reference to Jason Zucker just calling out his own coach, which, by the way, I didn't see the controversy behind. But anyway, that's a non-starter. So, yeah, I mean, 5-2 to two loss, embarrassing loss. Mm-hmm. There was one moment that decided the whole game. That's just true. You're two games in your yeah. four-game homestand, and you're 0-1-1. One one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. That sucks for Jake Allen, but it is true. So, I don't know what you do. Oh, man. I thought this was not looking great. It wasn't. Moving forward. You ready to do some winning? Yeah. Let's do a 180. I thought... <laughs> it got better, folks. For once, it actually got better. I thought the Colorado Avalanche, who were undefeated in regulation mm-hmm. entering this game, would come in here and blitzkrieg us. I really did. It didn't happen. Um... And Ravi Favre got the bench. Should we talk here about Ravi Favre for a minute? Or do we want to do it after all the games? Um, let's get the games out of the okay. way. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern got the start. Mac Mac, Double Mac, Big Mac. Take your pick. Not Big Mac. I don't think he's very large. No, no one's ever called him That could be like an ironic nickname. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's called him Big Mac. Uh, <laughs> let's be, no. Let's be reasonable. <laughs> um, Gunnarsson is out with a lower body injury. Shocking. Uh, Bortz, Bortz, Bortz is in. Steen to pair with O'Reilly and Perron. Didn't like that idea. Worked out. Still don't like that idea. Is this also where they moved Pareko up with... I think they moved Pareko uh-huh. up with Petrangelo. Yep. And Blay, Bozak, Thomas. Nice. That's hot. Uh, but then play got hurt, so it didn't end up lasting that long. But um, it was a meh start from the Blues. Um, Falk chased down a puck, but icing was waved off anyway, which led to an immediate tripping penalty against the Blues, uh, which we didn't deserve because it shouldn't have been icing, or it should have been icing. Um, the kill was good. Bortuzzo had an early block. Petra two matches. Those two blocks match the block total from the game against Montreal. Two blocks? Yes. Wow. (laughs) Right? Um, And Bennington was looking sharp. We set the tone early there. Uh, Ian Cole took a penalty by playing the puck half from the bench, which you would have thought last season would have taught them to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. But apparently not. And um, 
you know, or just in general, just get to your bench quicker. Uh, and the Blues scored, hey, hey, ho, ho, a power play goal is good to go. And Braden Shin <laughs> scored it. His sixth of the season, Vince Dunn, Vladimir Tarasenko on the assists. Uh, this is going to be the start of a string of power play goals yeah. that we'll discuss. The Tarasenko toddy. back to Dunn, over to Shin at the point with Miles of Space. Shin dusts it forever and literally spends four seconds holding the puck and still just snipes it. Uh, a shot high and bar down past Grubauer. Uh, Shen didn't score his sixth goal until his 26th game last year, Edmonton on December 5th. This year, it was a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blues set a pick and got whistled for interference. Bomeister then hooked an Av on a penalty. And what do the Avalanche have? A five-on-three. Five-on-three with Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Miko Rantanen on the ice. That shouldn't end poorly. (laughs) That ended poorly. (laughs) Um, Nathan McKinnon's really good. uh, Took a shot from not a Nathan McKinnon area. Jordan Bennington was screened, and what are you going to do? He's a god. So, (sighs) it was one-to-one. The Az committed a penalty late in the first. Mac Mac lays a hit on Burakovsky right as the whistle blows. There was a hooking minor on Burakovsky and matching minors on Kadri and McKenzie McEachern. And the power play was worthless. I liked Mac Mac in this game. I thought he <laughs> thought he played physical. Then, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Added, no. added that element. I like him. I like him. He's He's got that vibe of the, like, Scotty Upshaw, Kyle Brodziak mm-hmm. line. And he scored on Carey Price last yeah. year. I remember that. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of the spice to you, too. <laughs> you, got a, you got a hint of the spice. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Mika Rantanen. Ew. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how he's only week to week. He should be season over. <laughs> season two but, season. Uh, not good. If you haven't seen the GIF or the inj- footage of this injury, don't look it up. Uh, all I will say is that at one point he was headed in one direction and his left toe was pointed in the exact opposite direction and it was bad he's got rubber bones i don't know how something didn't tear but or pop but apparently is week to week which you know is not ir and not out for the season so glad he's okay ish relative to what happened um but you know losing him for the game wasn't a detriment to the Blues, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avs commit a penalty. No, I, I skipped back. Um, the Blues scored a goal on a delayed power play six on five. David Perron, Tarasenko, and Falk combined for this one. Uh, it's crazy. It's almost like when you move the puck and your bodies uh, with a man advantage, good things can happen. Uh, Falk with a, had a nice seeing eye pass to Tarasenko from point to opposite board. Tarasenko finds Perron in the slot and Grubauer is out of perish- position and Perron buries the one-timer. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. On the delayed power play, you pull your goalie because if the opposition touches the puck or gains possession, then it's play over and you start your power play. Uh But when you score, if you pull the goalie, it negates the power play, correct? When you score at all, it negates the power play, I think. Okay, just on the delay regardless. I think... Because that's still an advantage. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, it is. definitely is. If you score before the power play starts, and because you maintain possession, they still committed a penalty. Mm-hmm. They should. You should still. You just fuck you. Whoops. That's stupid. 
they're I not get... playing differently because they can't touch the puck. Mm-hmm. They still want to touch the puck and start the power play and get it over with. Yeah. It's dumb. It's very dumb. Okay. I um, want to establish that. What happens if it's like a double minor? Oh, do they... I assume if it's a major, you just get the major. Yeah, I think it just... Although, if it's a major, don't they blow play dead regardless? Probably. You probably took someone's head off. (laughs) But if it's like a double double minor... Maybe they just take the first two minutes off. Maybe. I don't know. That's That'd be really confusing. Call uh, call Clint, Clint Frazier? <laughs> Gary? What's the... Ken? Ken? Who's the Frazier? Carrie Frazier. Carrie. Not Gary, not Ken. Carrie. <laughs> um, Clint Frazier, outfielder in the uh, New York Yankees system. Mm. Great guy. <laughs> um, text from Avs correspondent Jordan at this point in the game. The Blues are doing a tremendous job defensively. It's rare to see the Avs completely unable to sustain any pressure. And yes, he actually does talk like that. He's a very well-educated man. Oh. He's an English teacher and is pursuing his master's. I thought you were going to make him sound like he was on the talkies. Uh, <laughs> the Blues are doing a tremendous job defensively. See, it's rare yeah. to see the ass completely unable to sustain any pressure. Stop. Uh, <laughs> did you say stop on the talkies? Sure. Um, Bo Meester took his second penalty of the game. He had 40 penalty minutes all of last season, so he reached 10 percent this season or this game uh, he's on he's on pace at this point the avalanche only had four shots on yeah, goal at even strength we shut them down a la how we played in the pe- penalty could you bring up natural stat trick and see what it is for the whole game i think i made a note but just in case i didn't i got you fam uh <laughs> Blues scored a goal uh, courtesy of Vladimir Tarasenko, his third of the season. Jaden Schwartz and Colton Pareko on the assists. Schwartz made a nice dodge move to avoid pressure at the line, then just sort of whips it off the end board. Tarasenko collects and shoots from a weird angle, but it goes in. This is what I see. I hear about PDO, you know, a lot. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's basically luck. And I think the fact that we've had three goals this week come directly off of like pucks that go off the inboards and right to one of our guys, that seems like a trend that won't continue. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it was three to one at this point. Um, no such thing as a bad shot on goal. The Blues allow only one shot on goal in the second period. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that since October 10th, 2015 against the Minnesota Wild. Was that Mike Yo's Minnesota Wild? 2015? Yeah. <laughs> I think the series gets fired, though, for show. Yeah, but before the streak... 17 games they won one mm-hmm. didn't right. they win one before he was fired or did they not i can't remember anyway um third period schwartz his second trip early in the third really good penalty kill lots of sustained pressure thereafter blay and thomas are it schwartz receives an interference call in the six minute tarasenko gets hooked with about six minutes left, Perron gets slashed on an empty net opportunity, which should be a free goal, but it's not, and the Blues finish strong, and the Az never really challenged. The game finishes 3-1, to one, the Blues handing the Avalanche their first regulation victory of the season, and it's a huge statement win from the Blues at home. Do you have the statistics in front of you? What do you want to know? How many shots did they end up with overall and then at even strength? 
So overall, Blues ended up with 25, uh, Avs ended up with 18. Like you said, we were nine. This is, uh, yeah, all, all on ice, whatever. Uh, we had nine, and they had nine, both in the first. Blues had 11 to the Avs, one in the second. And then the Avs shot a little bit more in the third, them shoot, out shooting us eight to five. And then that's all, five on five, we outshot them, or let's see, even strength, we outshot them 20 to 10. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Our Corsi 4, our and like even strength in the second period, is 76%. Yeesh. Not good. Great. I mean, good I mean it's us. great. That's excellent for us. Not good for the Avalanche. Vladimir Tarasenko, after the game, did the post-game interview with Darren Pang. He said, uh, we know there are division opponents and we don't win for a while, so this game was a big <laughs> win for us. We tried to stay on our game, play the full 60 minutes, and don't give them chance to get back in this game. Every team is really hard to play against in this league, and maybe some teams will play with a special mood against us. Vlad, we know you speak English, man. We know it's better than this. Do it! It's cute, but let's stop. Uh, Huge win for the Blues. And I'm thinking one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to roll through the Kings... Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in a really good mood entering this podcast, which I was, believe it or not. Man, we have had a roller coaster. Uh, it's been a night. Um, speaking of roller coasters, Fright Fest is at Six Flags. And we're not sponsored by Fright Fest, but it is a good reminder that next week something spooky this way comes in our Halloween spooktacular. So be sure to stay tuned. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> programming. Yeah, I was thinking either we beat the Kings convincingly mm. and I'm yay or we beat them crappily and I'm like or we lose, lose. and I'm like, oh boy. And we fire Mike Yo and again. We, Mike <laughs> we hire him what? just a fire dog. Him. This is effectively the anniversary of your hot dog game. Yeah, it's hot dog. Because you can't, I mean, maybe this is about the same time they played here last year. Uh, a November. month later. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. be here sooner than that, you know, closer than that. So, mm. you were at this game again. Yeah. Would you like to cover it, both because you were there yeah. and because I am severely dehydrated and can't speak any longer <laughs> and I'm about to pass out? He looks like SpongeBob when SpongeBob ain't got no water in him anymore. <laughs> You've seen it. You've all seen the drawings. Yeah, uh, pregame notes, Blay was out with a hand injury, McEachern is back in on the fourth line, and Steen remains would, on the second line. Would you say that he was dated Blay? I liked it the first time, <laughs> but this time we've overplayed Would it. you say that he was Blay today? I'd say he's Blay to Blay. Would you say that we overplayed it? <laughs> oh, God. First period. <laughs> Uh, the Blues looked really good in the first period. They, in fact, the whole team was buzzing, I thought, from the very get-go. Uh, we didn't have much to show for it, though, on the score sheet. The Kings got their first goal 14 minutes and 49 seconds into the first period. Jeff Carter's second of the season, assisted by, what is it, Lizzo? Is that well, man, yeah. great till I gotta be great. No one's what? heard that song, yeah. Yeah, nobody's heard that song. Blake Lizat, Lizat, whatever, and Drew Downey. Uh, Blake Lizat is a 21-year-old rookie signed as a college agent out of St. Cloud State. Hey, I've been by St. Cloud State. Three of my uncles went to St. Cloud State. That is a true fact. I won't tell you which ones, as if you would know. Uh, O'Reilly butchers his own exit because Dowdy is good. Lazat dishes to Carter, who is alone in front of the net because the defense is trying to break out and can't get turned around in time to out 
And then he outdeeks Bennington and backhands it into the roof of the net. Is that good thing that happened? Jeff Carter. Oh, I like this little gif. I wasn't looking at the gif. Uh, Jeff Carter still a fairly decent goal scorer, despite looking like he's fifty-five years old. He looks like a war veteran. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was like like I just said. They're trying to get out of the zone. They're trying to get puck up ice. It gets turned over real quick. With all due respect to real war veterans mm-hmm. that listen to this podcast, who are much handsomer than Jeff Carter. No, yeah, and better at hockey. Hey, Jeff Carter's a good-looking guy. It just looks like he's seen some shit. <laughs> he was in Columbus for a hot second. So. A hot second. Like, Jeff Carter... How often in the NHL does someone yeah. get traded a place and goes, mm, no thanks. Fuck that. <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> he wasn't even... What is he even doing? Like, if the Blues go up the ice, he is still behind the net yeah. of the Blues. Like, Look at the gap in that man's yeah he doesn't have very many front yeah the front tubes are gone um yeah not a great goal bennington left out to dry he's kind of swimming there at the end but you're you're going left to right trying to protect the the net there and you're you're caught going down so what are you gonna do blues though get a power play goal i don't know who i don't remember who drew the penalty on this one but uh it is a power play goal. Vince Dunn, eighteen twenty-three into the second or first period. Vince Dunn's second goal of the season, assisted by Jaden Schwartz and Colton Pareko. Dowdy chops the puck back. Pareko gets it and shoots behind. It caroms around to Schwartz, who makes a nifty blind dish in front. Whether intentional or not, it gets to Dunn on Quick's opposite side, and Dowdy skate, and Dunn has a mostly empty net and buries it. It's it's a very nice looking goal. Like I, like you mentioned here, and I remember seeing it. It's it's another backhand play by Schwartz behind the back play. He's mm-hmm. fond of those now. He's getting a little cocky, the son of a bitch. <laughs> thinks he doesn't have to look at anyone when he passes it to him anymore. He has two giant, uh, like five star blue chip assists in this game. No, oh, yeah, he looked really good. This uh, despite the pucks not going in for him specifically, he has actually looked a lot better than when the season started. Dunn was absolutely ecstatic to get this goal. It's one of those goals where it's an end-of-the-period goal. And you'd like to get those. As your team, you hate to give them up. And thankfully, the Blues were on the uh, giving end of this one. So 1-1 going into the first intermission. Second period, uh, Kings get a goal three minutes in. Alex Ayafalo, his second of the season, assisted by Sean Walker and Anze Kopitar. Got his young guns card, so go be good, Alex. I like... Last I'm, names that start with I and remind me of I'm, my first name <laughs> in a I'm way. I'm judging all young players in this league by whether I had their young gun cards and therefore whether I want them to succeed. So it makes me money. Mm. Go on. <laughs> um, Blues are caught running around in their zone. Uh, it was a great shot by uh, Walker and then I follow is able to just get a piece of it and get it to pop underneath Bennington can't blame really Bennington on this one. It looks kind of weird because he has everything pretty much sealed up, but it's also goes from high to low real fast and I think beats him between the legs. Not a great look from the Blues defensively for a little while here at the beginning uh, of the second period. Really not a great look by Colton Pareko. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't me burying Colton Pareko tonight, but that was a little bit of an oopsie. Yeah. He... You don't want to give... Andre Kopitar space is all I'm saying. He's been a little rough um, recently, at least in terms of defensive play, which is unfortunate because that's kind of what we've grown to know him for. Uh, 
So I thought him and Petrangelo looked really good in these last two games in the offensive zone. They've looked a little lost in the defensive zone. Yeah. I don't know if this is something to do with Petrangelo playing with players that are his same handedness. Mm -hmm. And then they just don't know where to be because him and Falk didn't really get along as a pairing. Him and Preco seem okay. I feel like you just have to sit with Gunnarsson up there or even Dunn. I don't know. It seems like two righties with Petrangelo's not work. Has Petrangelo done been tried this year? This year, I don't know. Last year, they did a little bit. Okay. Because that seems like the obvious one to me. I'd like to see it. They seem like really strong compliments of one another. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in here, I don't know if this is the Blues, if this is the power play goal of the Blues score where David Braun draws a penalty, but it's fantastic because (laughs) at one point he draws a penalty. He like he receives. Yeah, like he draws it like one of your French them. girls. Okay. Yeah, which he almost is. So. Yeah, exactly. Blues get a power play goal. Their second of the night, ten minutes and sixteen seconds into the second period. Alex Petrangelo's fourth goal. Did you skip all the madness? What's the madness? With Jordan Bennington. Oh, was that right before this one? I thought that was before the next that's one. That's you. But that's where you wrote it, Ian. Where's the gif? There's no gif. There was a gif. I moved it up there. Are you lying to me? No, I'm not. I'm not lying. The well, gif is gone. The gif Ian. is gone. That's what I was waiting for. I use the gifs as a as marker a as to when to when to look at what. So, yes. So well, I can do this by I can just do this off the cuff and let me know if I missed anything in your notes that I asked you to take. <laughs> um, this is just like the best man speech. I wrote a lot and then I said fuck it and then just started talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Kyle Clifford upends Ivan Barbashev, I guess kind of in front of the net. Not really. It's in the vicinity of Jordan Mm. Bennington. Looks kind of like a slew foot. They call it interference. I guess there's no real penalty for slew footing. It's interference. Um, Isn't there technically, though? Is there a slew foot penalty? I think it's an automatic major, though. Oh, So that's why you never hear it called. Slew foot. What's the the hand motion for that? Is it just trip? It can't just be trip. (laughs) Like you smack their ankle. They raise their ankle to their side and smack it. Um, Yeah, so he upends Barbashev. Clifford gets called for interference penalty. Clifford's skating over in the left corner of the blue zone. Bennington goes over for his, as he says, you know, just regular old skate that he does over in the left corner. You know, you've seen the goalies do it. They get scored on. Uh, the We score, you know, their team scores. They like to do a little thing where they skate off to the side, kind of stretch their leg out, you know, not be in that crouched position the whole time. And uh, Jordan Bennington runs into Kyle Clifford. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Slew footing as a separate penalty as it's not exist in the USA hockey rule book since 2005 6 uh, but is that the one the NHL uses? I don't know. You're supposed to know. You're a rules expert. <laughs> Obviously not. I didn't know there was even a penalty, a specific penalty. Uh, go on, go on. But, yeah, so I don't know if Bennington intentionally runs into Clifford. I mean, I do. He did for sure. He yeah, meant this a thousand percent, thousand. despite what he said. We know Jordan Bennington. They proceed to stare at each other, and then Clifford gives Bennington a little shove. I thought it was going to be much harder of a shove, honestly. Uh-huh. And then Barbershev and Sunquist and all of them just come over and start mugging Clifford. Yeah. And it was great. It's a good old, good old hockey, uh, not really line brawl, just pile up. It was good stuff. I liked seeing Clifford the Big Red King. Uh, Jordan Bennington look like a psychopath. 
look like a psycho. Well, he is a psycho. Well, I don't want to say anything. Babe, He's seen my face before. He knows who true, I am. He, sure, he can trace us down. Yeah, the psychopaths can do that. <laughs> they have <laughs> the technology. <laughs> He's got plenty of free time on his hands. Yeah. So, so here's some he quotes is. about this incident. Uh, Kyle Clifford says he doesn't know what Bennington was doing. He says he's a mute, and he didn't say a word. Greatest quote of the year. Yeah. Greatest quote of the year. Uh, whatever gets That him... is this year's Do I Look Nervous. Oh, yeah. Well, he ca- he pretty much said that it's later on. the same, yeah. Yeah, whatever gets him going, he even shot for an empty net, which he did. So let him have it, says Braden Shen. Robert Thomas says, I'm not that sure. It looks like he talks a lot of trash. I haven't been close enough to hear it, but he's a competitor. I like how he kind of peddled that back. <laughs> or like, I don't Whoa, know too much I'm about him, too, but yeah, it's great. I'm too young. I'm too yeah, young. please don't kill me. Uh, Jordan Bennington on what happened with Clifford. He said, nothing. We were competing out there. We were getting power play. I was skating to the corner, and we just crossed paths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure you did. He you said, like. no, I expected that when you're staring at a guy for over five seconds, something's going to happen. But it's hockey, and they all play hard. And they, <laughs> they like that kind of game. We responded well. Which we did. Yeah, and did Bennington say anything to Clifford? He says, no, I don't I don't know. Did you see it? The reporter says, yes. And he said, Bennington replied, well, you can make your own review on it then. So Jordan Bennington really wants you folks to use your eyes. <laughs> don't you think, do you think the reporter was like, listen, Jordan, that was cute that yeah. first. Fuck you, Jordan. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim, Jordan Bennington. That's right. Eat shit, <laughs> Benner. <laughs> Which I'd like to bring a point. Do they call Falk Falker? Yeah, I'm sure they no, do. No, I bet they call him Foxy. No, I bet you they call him Falker. No, but that's so you can't do that. Hockey's clean cut. As clean as it comes. When it comes to TV, clean as it comes. How is Foxy even either Foxy. even better? I guess because it's, it's not. It doesn't sound like fucker. Oh boy, I've gone too oh boy. far. Oh no! They're gonna revoke our credentials. By Alex Petrangelo, this is by David Prawn and Ryan O'Reilly. Bozak and Falker do the tough work along the boards and get the puck to O'Reilly in the slot. Uh, pass over to Perron, back to Petrangelo for the one-timer and a goal. Again, Petrangelo looking good offensively. Mm-hmm. He's putting up the points. Uh, Just needs to wake up. Somewhere in here. I think it's in between. Somewhere in here. <laughs> I think it's after this Petrangelo goal, but before Robert Thomas's actual goal. Robert Thomas rings it off the crossbar mm. and then the post and then out. And I knew it wasn't a goal because the other team is never adamant unless it really isn't a goal. Mm. They've never been like, oh, I know that's not a goal. And go, oh, whoopsie, my bad. The Kings, there's at least three players that went right over the ref all the way over to the little review booth. Uh, wasn't going to be a goal. But Robert Thomas did get a goal. His first of the season, assisted by He's Zach not Samford a bust, and Tyler Bozak. No, he's not. not. I mean, not yet. He's on the way to bust town. Yeah, well, we could, his knee could always go split. Mm, so. Much like the other Robert Thomas, he is not a one-hit wonder. Yes. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Incredible tic-tac-toe pass. Could have been anyone Bozak. that wrote that. <laughs> well, it could be anyone. Bozak to Sanford to Thomas. Thomas' initial one-timer gets blocked, but it doesn't get covered or controlled, and Quick is out of commission for the rebound when Thomas gently slides it in to his DMs. <laughs> and from there on, i do like how like he puts no force behind that he's like eh, it'll get there eventually. yeah i mean and then this asshole zach sanford almost pulls oh. the rocket league you know where the ball is it him or is it boza uh, whichever one where the ball's crossing the line and then this guy this little asshole just hits his boost fast enough to knock it the rest he... of the way Douche move. Everyone, everyone on this team, or who used to be on this team, does not want Robert Thomas to score. Yeah, that's right. That's fucking right. Pat Maroon robbed Robert <laughs> Thomas. 
of a game winning goal against the Dallas yep. Stars. Let that let there's been no other story. That's <laughs> that's the story. That's the narrative. That's universally accepted. Robert Thomas <laughs> had a hell of a game. I like your <laughs> It is. I was like, what is he laughing about? Third period, Blues pretty much took over the play here. Let me make sure that that's actually the case. Uh, it was. They had 61% Corsi 4 here. That's 8% short of being very nice. Very yeah, that's nice true. That's kind of okay. Blues <laughs> get their third power play goal of the game, 729 Wowie, in the third wowie, period. wowie. Yeah, I know. It's not something you see very much these <laughs> days, folks. Braden Shen's seventh of the season, Woo-hoo! assisted by Schwartz and Colton Pareko. This is just a pretty tic-tac-toe play, baby. Uh, Shen drops Preko entering the zone, and holy moly, one, two, three, passes up Shen for the goal. Honest to God, I was looking at my phone, trying to tweet, and I looked up right as Braden Shen tapped, and I was like, wow, John Quick is bad, because there's a man tapping the puck in behind him, and I didn't see any of the fancy <laughs> plays. Well, uh, let's be clear, Jonathan Quick is but bad. He but... made one 2012 Jonathan Quick save last night. It was spectacular. He yeah. got all the way over immediately, and I had... PTSD flashbacks to 2012 <laughs> when we couldn't score on this man. I'm glad he's crap now. <laughs> Good. He deserves it. Yeah. Uh, game over pretty much. I mean, Bennington takes a shot on the empty net when we pull when uh, they pull the goalie. It almost gets past Dowdy, but Dowdy grabs it and he's a piece of crap. Shin says, not a whole lot of power on that one, behind that one, but I'm sure he'll keep practicing at it. And Bennington replies, I think he's right. It wasn't even halfway there, I don't think. But I went for it, so it's a step. You keep working at it. Hmm. He's going to get one of these, day, one of these days, folks. Uh, Blues get an empty neckle, which is also a rarity. Uh, Braden Shen's eighth of the season. Good to see. This was after Falk almost got his first goal as a Blue, an empty netter. And look, uh-huh. I'll take any of them. He was backhands it, but he totally has time to just turn around and yeah. shoot it in. But he doesn't. And I turn think Justin Falk around. hates this team. Yeah. There's there's plenty of evidence. There's lots of evidence. Barbershev, though, loves, loves fighting. <laughs> That's true. He, loves uh, he has fighting. a scrap he at the end. five for fighting. Yeah. Oh, Fifteen, ew. there's no time for Ivan Barbershev. They took a great name uh-huh. for a band, and, and they ruined it. it. They fucking they ruined, ruined it. it. Your name, Five for Fighting, and all your and songs like are just so sad. Yeah, no. You're Ooh. right. Uh, five for fighting some more like Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> and have songs called Burn Motherfucker and things like that of that nature. Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> I think it's just called Burn, but that's oh, the that's, that's the lyric. Oh you know, when you get to the chorus and everyone's like, ooh, I love the chorus. Let's sing it together. <laughs> uh, it's, one of, it's one of those rompers. Barbara Shev and Austin Wagner Bumper. have a little bit of a, a scrap. It's not much of a scrap. They throw a couple punches and then Barbara Shev pulls Wagner down to the ground. And lays on top of them, and the crowd goes wild. Blues win four to two, five to two, five to two, and they win five to two. And it, it was it was a good game overall. It was a fantastic game. Uh, just, just some stats before we get to some quotes here. The Blues had oh, was it even shots on goal? Thirty five shots on goal for the Kings, thirty five for the Blues. Faceoffs, Kings eked out the Blues fifty one percent to the Blues forty nine percent. The Blues though, as we've mentioned, three for four on the power play, outstanding. Uh, they outhit the Kings 23 to 19. They only had three giveaways to the Kings 11. The Kings had 19 blocks. The Blues four again. I think because we had the Kings running around in their own own zone more than we did. 
Blues power play looked much improved, much more movement. They had eight shots on goal across four power plays, which you might say two shots per power play. That's not very good. Uh, sometimes, and I swear for the vast majority of our power plays, we have zero shots on goal. That's so true. I will take it. Uh-huh. Uh, it took an average of 54 seconds into a power play to score for us. I think that's actually fairly quick for us too. And one of them, I believe, was like 23, 24 seconds. So pretty good. Um, someone I wanted to mention, though, we got to talk Robert Thomas. He had a season high, 15 minutes and 34 seconds time on ice last night. You know I am always yeah. geared up to for talk RT, baby. Robert Thomas. 68% Corsi for Man. one goal, plus one in the night. How, he was buzzing. He was how buzzing. How good a feeling is it to just be correct? I mean, listen. <laughs> Man. We've said a lot on this podcast, mail. and we'll say it again. We're trying to get better. And we also weren't, like, the only ones on the Robert Thomas oh, train. Oh, no. But how great the feeling is it to have been like, hey, this guy's really special. Hey, this guy's really special. Hey, can't wait for this guy to show up. And then he just is good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Watching him play last night, he's like 75% of the way there, I uh-huh. feel like. And the frustration isn't from him being, like, bad. Mm-mm. It's from it being like, man, he just doesn't quite get it yet. It's just not, it's almost there. And he still looks good. Do you think, it good. Do you think it's, like, just not quite adjusted to, like, his skates, metaphorically yeah. speaking? Like, I think it's just some of the timing. Confidence a little bit and the timing yeah. and the speed of the game. I think, like, he'll have it and it's like, all right, just hold on one more second or just pass it now. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. No, not quite there, but you like per- that. but perfect. You were doing the right stuff. There was uh-huh. at least one point, though. Jesus Christ, Robert! Please, for the love of God, shoot the puck. There was at one point last night where he had the puck. It was would have been a partial break. He was at the blue line, got the puck. There was a Kings defender to his right, just mm-hmm. a little in front of him, barely, and the guy's skating backwards. Robert Thomas has the speed to blow by this guy and Did go on he? a breakaway. He got across the blue line and then waited for at least three Blues players to show up so he could pass to someone. And I was like, Yikes. it was the weirdest, like, oh, wait, he's on a it, breakaway. He was, like, gas though, wasn't he? Probably, but it was, like... I think like, that's the time when he was gassed. Oh, but I just remember, like, he's on a break. Yeah, because oh, uh, I saw the same... That was one of the few parts of this game I did see, and I was like, what happened? And I don't know if it was him or Falk or somebody. I think it was him that was in on quick and then mm-hmm. passes it. So he's, like, in the lower... He's in the lower circle, lower face-off circle, like, right circle. And he passes it all the way across the zone to Schwartz, who was along, like, the right boards. And I was like, I don't care if Jonathan Quick was squared up to you or not. You passed it so far away (laughs) from, like, a shot that I was like, no! (laughs) For the love of God, no! But at the same time, I think it's, like, it's encouraging that he has, like, confidence to try things even if they're stupid things because he'll learn that they're stupid that's what i mean it's like he's it's a little frustrating to watch but not in the like he doesn't get it way but just in the like man we're so close to you just fucking knocking the doors down yeah oh man well said did you read these quotes from him no no yeah let's sound out or no let's get to him you do him. You do him. <laughs> I do him. He, uh, he had a fun little interview with Pang. That's another thing I like to see. He's got a little little character. Mm-hmm. A little bit of give and go. Maybe he's comfortable around, you know, Kachuk and everybody. Probably knows these guys pretty well by now. But uh, he says, it's always tough coming back from injury, so it takes a little bit of time. But I'm setting, starting to build some momentum and feel better out there. 
Uh, he said, talking about the Stanford pass, I think. That was mm-hmm. a great pass through his legs, and you know that kind of sucks when they call it back on <laughs> you like that. He's pretty funny, but that's kind of been how the start of the season goes. I can't find one, but I finally got one later. It was like two minutes. You had to wait like two yeah. minutes. <laughs> you whiny bitch. <laughs> um, talking about Tarasenko's injury, it always sucks seeing someone go down, but we responded well and we played a good 40 minutes after he went down. And finally talking about playing in Boston this weekend. That's going to be awesome. I mean, that's pretty special. The crowd goes nuts mm-hmm. about this team returning home. Returning to where they won the cup. And that was a cool that was because he just had to like kind of sit. Were, were you still on the yeah, we were for there. that part? Cool. Um, uh, he, and then he kind of chuckles and says, I'm hoping we get viewed there. That'll be pre- pretty cool, but I hope it's a lot of fun. And so do we, Robert. So it will be. do we. I also wanted to mention that Zach Sanford had a really good game last night. A, a little inconsistent generally game to game, but last night he was 70% Corsi 4. He led the team in even strength shots with 4. Uh, you know, I just thought overall that he looked noticeable out there and in a good way, cause that's kind of the problem. I don't really think he makes like ginormous mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's either good and noticeable or he's just a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Craig Berube said he looked really good. I thought he was strong all around, made some really good puck plays. He was heavy on the puck and skated well, made some really good defensive plays too. He knows, he knows how he needs to play. He looks confident now. That line looked really good tonight. Now... You smack back together that O'Reilly Perron Samford line. Oh, yeah. Give it a shot. See if the mojo's there. And then we're firing on all cylinders. I'd like to see that. And you could bump Steen to Steen Bozak Thomas. Yeah. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. Steen could do the a lot of what Patrick Murray did on that line last year. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. God, what an insult to, to Alexander to, Steen. To which? Be like, Alex, you're, you're kind of like a pet. You're kind of like our Patrick Maroon. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, man. I'm getting too old God for God damn, Alexander shit. Steen, you son of a bitch. Carlo Koliakov is a DJ now. Is Alexander Steen... I'm going to answer my own question here. Is Alexander Steen going to play... A thousand games? Yes, this season. This season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's test I mean, your knowledge of the question I just asked. Assuming that he's healthy, yeah. I think he started the year at 961. Yep, he's at 973. Cool. So he didn't start at 961. Whatever. That's it's not what close. this was about. 963, I guess. Anyway. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, assuming he's not injured. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Hopefully it's... Oh, God. Let it be in Toronto. I don't think it is. Cause oh, we already Toronto's. played in Toronto. They'll have to oh, play here. Uh, yeah. Well, against Toronto either way. I think our next Toronto game is super late. Oh, but God, would that be sweet. I hate the Maple Leafs so much. <laughs> uh, Man, he's played in the league for 15 years. Holy shit. Yeah. The coming week we have the Boston Bruins, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Minnesota North Stars. I literally forgot the Minnesota Wild. Wow, I'm so sorry, Minnesota Wild. Um, <laughs> How has Bruce has Boudreaux... Has mind ever just gone blank? Yeah. that's what happened. The Minnesota... How's he not been fired? Yeah. Let's speculate wildly. And I don't mean to say that like he's the problem, but like that's just your first step. Wasn't he basically doing the my job should be in question at like before the end of last year? Yeah, he was talking about how the next guy was yeah. going to fix shit. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy who will be me 
Did you hear on the, well, now we're just talking as two people. I don't yeah. really care other people listening. Did you hear yes. on Steve Dangle podcast them talk about like if they fired Babcock, like maybe Bruce Boudreaux would be a good fit? And I was like, oh my God, you people are, you've lost your minds. Yeah. Why? No, never what? in a million years should you hire Bruce But Boudreaux. they were talking about for like one season as like a stabilizer, Whatever. which he's not going to sign. But also, isn't getting to the first round and getting bounced already your specialty? Yeah. Why do you need to redouble it? I don't understand how that team, and we'll stop really quick. We'll yeah. finish off the boys' side. But I don't understand how those guys in particular are both like, this is the year they win the cup. And also, like, this team has to trade Cody Cece. It doesn't make any sense. He's not an NHL defenseman. And Mike Babcock has to be fired because they'll never win with Mike mm-hmm. Babcock. And it's like, do you, is one side of your face here the other side of your face? But anyway. Um,. We owe the people a couple of player conversations. I asked for questions. We only got two. One was from Kay, who asked, I believe for the second time. Kay Bova? Essa Tikkanen. Yeah, yeah, Kay Bova. It comes full circle. She asked, but it's really a he, KMW504. Essa Tikkanen, would ya? And my answer is the same. Of course. I don't know if that was my answer the first time. Hold but. on, hold on. Let's see. Let's check the stats. Um, in, 87, in 877 games played, he has 630 points. I would, too. I would yeah, also. I would, indeed. Uh, and then Gloria at STL Blues Horn. <laughs> I don't know why that word caught me as funny, but it did. Uh, we know why that word caught me as funny. It's part of the word Unicorn. <laughs> That's why. Uh, <laughs> Ian is so disgusted. Uh, Gloria asks, is Falk still adjusting? The answer is, of course he is. But also, I think he's looking a lot better. Oh. I don't know. He had a really good assist in the Colorado game, right? I was going to say he was dog shit, but that was going to be... <laughs> Are you looking him up on somewhere? Mm-hmm. Where? Natural stat trick? No. The other one. I'll look him up on Natural Stat Trick, and we'll talk about Falk. Uh, actually, before we talk about top Falk, because I think Falk will be an uplifting conversation, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Robbie Fabry. Is it time to end the experiment? <laughs> yes, terminate the experiment. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we taught, we touched on this before, but uh, I want a consistent... I want people on the third line to be consistent, and I know... Blues fans, ourselves included, are probably used to the third line being just a station for the wheel of bodies. Mm -hmm. The wheel of bodies has to fall somewhere, and it's not on the first line, it's (laughs) on the second line. Where's it going to roll? It's going to roll all over the third line. But sometimes it's going to be Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. Sometimes it's not going to be Pepe Sylvia. This box is filled with Pepe. (laughs) But I want a consistent third line, and both in the personnel on the line but Mm. also in the production of said line and i don't want that consistency to be zero production Mm. so the problem we have now is that samford not overly consistent fabry not overly consistent those guys are kind of back and forth on that in that third line role sometimes getting bounced down to the fourth whatever um I like Zach Sanford more than Robbie Fabry at this point. I mm. feel like he has more to give than Robbie Fabry does at this point. Oh, for sure. Robbie Fabry is to me, and you can, I don't, I just tell my dad this last night, Robbie Fabry to me is weird shades right now of Nail Yakupov. 
and I'm sorry, Robbie Fabry, because I feel like that's an insult. But like, just in that he is it's, there, it's different. He's better than Wait, it's Neil different. Yakupov for us or Neil Yakupov's career. No, for us. Oh, okay. Now Neil Yakupov, Robbie Fabry, better than Neil Yakupov, but in that he is there, he's moving, he's got the puck. Sometimes he's <laughs> passing it. He's some. He's where he needs to be. He scores a goal occasionally, but not nothing's happening for him. Uh-huh. And at a certain point. Are you unlucky and you just don't have the, you know, you have the don't have the rhythm, but you'll get it back someday? Or is it just not going to happen here? And I hate saying that because I was so goddamn pumped Robbie Fabry's rookie season. Mm-hmm. So pumped. And we're all sad for his knee injury and then injuring it again. And he's he looks like he's back, at least in health, you know what I mean? But he doesn't have, he missed a huge part of his growth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, those weren't just years where, like, oh, and during those years, he was also growing as a hockey player. His growth has been stunted. Yeah. And while he might be able to regain that <laughs> somewhere. a little boy. Yeah, he's a small, small man. Uh, um, while you might be able to regain that at some point, it's going to have to be somewhere else just in the fact that I don't want to have to roll him out there because, he, to me, he just feels like a black hole mm-hmm. right now. I don't yeah. see him doing anything that's necessarily hurting the team specifically. Mm-hmm. I also don't see him doing anything that's really helping the team. Yeah. And he's not really a possession-driving player. That's the one thing I can literally look at with um, Zach Sanford and Robbie Fabry and be like, okay, is Zach Sanford a ghost this game? But when he's on, is a possession monster. When Robbie mm. Fabry's on, maybe he scores a goal here too. He's a quick guy, not a possession monster. Yeah. He's very rarely is his line have the Corsi 4 advantage. Yeah, which sucks, because he's the kind of skilled guy that would work in those overtime situations, but I've said it before, and I will say it again, because I'm about to say it right now. Full circle. I I just think he deserves better. Mm -hmm. He can't ever get any rhythm back if he's playing on the third line in 13 minutes a night with the gun constantly to his head, if you've got a performer, we've got to put other people in this lineup because there's too much competition on this team. Mm. And I look at teams around the league right now, Detroit, Ottawa, um, Columbus. uh, There are plenty of other ones that would have... Unlimited top six space for a guy like Robbie Fabry hmm. to just see. Kind of the way when we got Niall Yakupov, we were in sort of a weird transitional season and we were just sort of seeing, you know? Um, and I just think I don't... It just seems better for him. Because, listen, it would suck to see him go somewhere else and recapture what he might have been and go on to have... The career we'd hope he might have had. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's likely, but it could happen, and that would suck. But you've got to realize that's there's no road to that here. You know, unless God forbid, there's some slew of injuries so severe that he's just rolled into the top six for like a mm-hmm. month and just grabs it, and never lets go. That's not a, there's not a path to that for him, and I just feel like it's. 
it's kind of this miserable game of like, yay, Robbie Fabry's on the ice, but also that's not the best roster decision we could have made tonight. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be thinking that about Robbie Fabry. That's the perfect because... way to phrase it, because that's what I always think when I see him. I'm like, yay, but like, crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to be... It's, it's kind of the same about Jake Allen. It's like, I don't... I'm not looking to have bad feelings towards these people. I mean, I, I was never as excited about Jake Allen as I was about Robbie Fabry once. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different emotionally, but it's like, I don't want to have bad feelings about this guy, but as long as he's here and it doesn't make sense, I just think I'm going to, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see. I mean, he is a guy I could see him just being traded like surprisingly at some point, you know, and the blues just like, Hey, blues picked up a fourth round pick third round pick mm. for Robbie Fabry from Ottawa, the same way they went out and got Nemesnikov, you know, and great, but um, we'll see. Uh, Justin Falk, is he still um, adjusting? Adjusting? <laughs> adjusting. The answer is, I would say, yes. Um, he has a, a scoring chance for percentage of 51 and an expected goal percentage of 51.65 at all strengths, but is has a very poor high-danger high chances for percentage at 44%, um, and an even worse high-danger goals goals for percentage. Uh, his PDO is exactly one where it should be, and his on-ice save percentage is 90.48, which I think it's supposed to be 90. I think 900 is the expected on-ice save percentage, but I'm not sure. Um, two things are happening here. He's not scoring. He's not scoring. I'm um, sick of it. He is still adjusting. I really, I genuinely believe that. I think what's he played in? That'll, that'll happen. How many when, games have we played now? Ten? Yeah, I was like, that'll happen when 549 of your game, of your 559 games are with one team. And now you're over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, I have no questions that he's still adjusting. At the same time, it hasn't been good enough. But at the same time, they have given him a different line mate. Yeah, there's been no consistency so, in the pairings. imagine not only trying to adjust to a new team for the first time, a new city for the first time, a new organizational structure a new route to work a new coach a new gm a new captain everything you know everything Mm -hmm. everything is different and then on top of that your assignment is different every night like imagine you started at a new job and it's like today your job is a copywriter and tomorrow your job is a programmer (laughs) and on wednesday your job will be a copywriter for 20 percent of the time but then you'll also be a transponder (laughs) for 60 percent of the time and it's like i'm i'm nowhere near panicking on justin falk i'd like it to be better Mm -hmm. very much and i'd love him to get his first goal um, but I've seen him make some really nice passes. Like I see the skill that's there. He's very good as a transition defenseman. Um, One thing too, that I think you have to factor in now and we don't think about a lot because it's new to us and we only have one new player on this team 
is that when you get picked up and you're the only new player on a team, that's got to feel weird. It's got to mm-hmm. feel even weirder when you're the only new player on a Stanley Cup champion yeah. team. Oh, for sure. These, this team bonded hardcore uh-huh. last season between turning from worst to first and then also like 26 games in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm not saying they're like not talking to Justin <laughs> Falk in the locker room, but that's got to feel kind of intimidating. Like, okay, how do I fit in and how do I help this team without really fucking them over? Yeah. And like, I'm sure it's the whole cliche. Oh, I just got to get to my game and everything. Mm. And like you said, he's looked fine. I don't, I'm so confused. Carolina people are like, he's great on the power play. No, he's shit on the power play. He's great defensively. No, he's pretty bad defensively. And so when I've watched him, I've just kind of seen all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the truth or it's just me being colored by a billion different comments. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, yeah, I've seen him be awful at clearing the crease. I've also seen him pick off passes right and left and it looks amazing. I've seen him skate it into the zone and fire it 10 feet wide. But I've also seen him be able to get deflections on that. Yeah, I just think give it time, 20 games or so, you'll get a better feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that having all three of them makes sense mm-hmm. long term. So the question becomes, are we planning to extend Petrangelo? That's kind of gone quiet, hasn't it? It certainly did after I mean, for that, how much talk was like, ooh, they're talking. For that, as much as it was, oh, this is on the precipice. Mm-hmm. And it could, we could wake up yeah. tomorrow and it could be done. I don't know. But um, there's a part of me, and I know this isn't popular, that thinks a trade of Colton Pareko for a very... Dead wrong. Dead wrong. I'm just kidding. For a very very dynamic high-end forward taylor hall but controlled not for the rental um that'd be hot Ooh, that'd be hot dylan larkin i don't think we're prying him away but um i'm trying to think of people Hmm. who maybe aren't forever uh like better than william nylander probably Mm -hmm. did i say it right Yes, you did. Congratulations. Um, you belong in society. I just... I don't... I have no desire to trade Colton Pareko. But I don't think in three years... If if you extend Petrangelo, I don't think in three years you're keeping Colton Pareko anyway. Mm-hmm. Three years, right? Just, I believe so. Yeah. So... A cap's going to go up. I mean, I mean cap's we know, going up. We know the cap's going up. Full circle. Cap's going um, straight through the roof, baby. But uh, I don't know that it would make sense to pay the th- trio of them over $25 million, probably. Close to $25 million. Um, even if the cap goes up. Even if the cap goes... Let's say you pay Petrangelo... What the thing we're going what eight years? What is Fox number six point five? Yeah, for seven for years. after this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting next okay. year. So like, let's say you pay Petrangelo like the rumored like eight years for whatever you think it would be eight point five mm-hmm. million a year. Even in three years, when the cap's risen so much, it's gone up, up, up. 
Fairy I don't know by how much. expect more than what Petrangelo gets this year. There's no question. I know, but that's okay. That's my question. But you though. can't give him. Is more. he? Is, is he? He's not worth. That's more. what I'm gonna say. And the nebulous, like we have no, money, is not an issue. But but we're just trying to gauge <laughs> worth. Is he actually worth more than that? Even the with the th- cap going up, because I, I don't say think so. Colton Pareko is his highs are as high as almost anyone in the league. He skates extremely well. Boy needs to skate into the zone more. He did that a couple times, and people and do not. People move out of the way when he skates it into the zone. Yeah. The problem we know the flaws with Colton Pareko. The big flaw I think is inconsistency. He just there are nights when he shows up and there's just no there there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? The Los Angeles or no the Montreal game where mm-hmm. he looked really bad. That play against Andrew Kopitar. It's like that stuff can't happen now. I think we have this thing. With, like, Colton Pareko, um, he's the main one. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe Jaden Schwartz gets it a little bit, too, where it's like, oh, they're still young guys. It's like, no. Oh, no. I mean, they're young guys, but they're full NHL players. Yeah, there's no... You, you know? can make the excuse that some players have bad nights sort yeah, of thing. But, like, if you're, but if you're going to make the excuse, like, you're saying, like, oh, they're still learning, I'm like... They should. That shouldn't be the words we're using. Even like not Vince still Dunn isn't still learning, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love Vince Dunn, and he's a lot newer than Colton Pareko. But mm-hmm. um, Colton Pareko, for all intents and purposes, is a veteran in the league, yeah. like a veteran of the NHL. Yeah. And all I'm saying is, when I look at our team and I look at our needs, I I don't know if we extend Jaden Schwartz and. I don't know what we do with our forward situation. That's going to evolve. But I think the one thing that we really could use that there's no obvious path to us getting is that kind of elite winger type of forward Mm -hmm. who can sort of do it all, jack of all trades, Taylor Hall. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw out just any sort of name, <laughs> just, but like Taylor listen, Hall. Listen, he's out there. Like, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'm not. Uh, you don't trade Colton Pareko unless the ink is drying on the extension. Yeah, you can't do that sort of thing. But I'm just saying, like, I, I put out that poll, and I was I wasn't surprised that there were more no's than yeses. It was just sad. Um, <laughs> but I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with the no's. Um, and I just, um, Florida's got a lot of those guys mm-hmm. that are, you know, the Jonathan Huberdeau types. I don't know if that's, even that would be enough for me to give up Pareko, but that type of fire. Um, I just, it, it's a, it's a felt need for us and we need a guy who can go out and do something special when our backs are against the wall and look, we just won the Stanley cup. I'm not complaining. Mm. I'm not saying this team can't win as currently composed. I'm we're just, just trying to trying to evolve with the time. If I'm looking, bit. if I'm looking long term, I don't think Petrangelo and Pareko stay. I don't want to have all three of them, especially if the Falk and Petrangelo thing isn't a good fit. I don't want to have all three of them for three years and then just let Pareko walk. Oh, you can't. If you can trade him for a, I'm literally like top 20 mm-hmm. forward, top 30 forward type of player, 
I think you look at it. But to get back to Falk particularly, I do think just give him more time and we'll see. And maybe it'll suck. I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe it'll be a big mistake. Maybe, and maybe fixes, he's who goes yeah, to Seattle. Yeah, maybe that Seattle. fixes itself and then and he's the one who moves. Pareko and that's fine. But, um, yeah. If I had to put money on it right now, I would think one of Falk or Shen is going to Seattle. Hmm. If I had to just guess. David Prawn. End of, end of discussion. <laughs> could be, could be. I'm by myself um, a David Prawn Seattle Sockeyes <laughs> jersey for show. Uh, but I am not panicked on Falk yet. I'm, I'm a little worried. I'd like to see it be better. But the mm. worry has more to do with, like, what's the long-term plan here mm. than it does, like, he's been awful. I don't know. Any final yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, I need to get myself a David Perron uh, Golden Knights jersey. Why didn't I do that I don't know. before? Yeah. It'd be weird to order one now, but I guess you're going to. Can, can you do it? You, you can probably do it. it. I'm sure you can customize anything. Can if you give you them $200, anything. they're not going to be like, fuck you. Can, you just, can my number on the back just be a poop emoji? <laughs> yeah, sure. And, the num- and my name is like just Sanskrit. I feel like the Knights specifically would be okay with it. They're like, yeah, hell yeah, social media, baby. Uh, just play some Panic at the Disco and it's all good. Baby. I really want Prawn to be selected by Seattle because I want to get a Golden Knights Prawn jersey and I want to get a Seattle Prawn jersey. Awesome. But not have a Blues No, I don't want a Prawn jersey. No, never. <laughs> I'd love it. Okay. Uh, it is over two hours this episode for a regular Jam season packed. episode that's a lot We've that's a lot of content we're not friday, gonna ask for any more money friday night no it's gonna be equally as free as it's all the rest a... of them some would even say more free because you're yeah. getting more freedom per second just more like free. with america <laughs> um but uh we had a lot of fun we'll be back here next thursday mm-hmm. for a ghoulishly good episode. Stop Our stealing all the words. 133rd, 100th episode. And you have anything more to say before we depart? Um, I hope in these, what do we got? Boston oh, and yeah. Detroit. Real, and real then we play quick. wild. Oh, okay. Do you think we're on a five game winning streak when we next speak? No, I don't. Yeah, probably we lose to Detroit. We should we should really? win two of these. Or sorry, sorry, we lose to Boston. I'm yeah. sorry. We should win Boston. We should win Detroit, Minnesota. No problem. Yeah, I could. It's we a possibility we win all three. Yeah. Here's the thing, Boston. We want to beat Boston. Boston has yeah. to beat St. Louis. Yes. It's the thing where, we talked about this earlier. It's the thing where when they beat the Blues on Saturday, and I believe in my bones, it'll be tight. It'll be a. It's not gonna be a blowout. It'll be like four mm-hmm. three or whatever. Boston fans will be like, "That's right, St. Louis, fuck you," and they're gonna be so happy. And as Blues fans, I'm gonna say, "Yeah, good for you. Don't I don't care." Don't let it be a storyline. The N- yeah. MVC wants you to believe this is a storyline. You don't. Care. They most certainly want you to believe if Boston beats St. Louis, it's kind of like they both won the cup. Here's the beautiful thing. Boston's just a team to us. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. They're just another team yeah. to us. To Boston, we're like the team. To for us, Boston's just a team. Yeah. Yep. But I think we lose that game because <laughs> Probably, yeah. because of that. But yeah, I, I don't care if we lose that game as long as we then go and beat. Detroit oh, for the love of God! If you if you beat Detroit next game and just like blow them out of the water. I'm like, I got you, man. You're pissed off about the Boston loss. You're like, bam, suck at yeah. Detroit. Sorry, Detroit, that you're bad and you were after this. <laughs> that's your bad. That's your fault. <laughs> that's your fault. Um, but, yes, if they come out and they lose to Detroit, mm-hmm. hmm, 
let's not do that. Don't do that one. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll be on a five game win streak when we next yeah, talk. Good for you. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Uh, this Boston. <laughs> I, I talked to you right Boston out. Boston game could be anything. That's the thing. Yeah. We could go out there and trounce them. I Ooh, don't know. I mean, we. Man. We didn't game seven. I didn't think Huzzah! that was. I was like, I didn't think that was going to happen, and it did. So, um, so I'll believe anything. We'll know next time. It'll be Halloween. We'll be recording. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, until then, um, I don't have a spooky goodbye. So just bye. <laughs> yep. I neither neither do I. I stumbled. That's out of the game. No, goodbye. We'll goodbye. Get out of here. Goodbye. <laughs>